that's pretty obvious. Once she's 18, she'll be an eight. Welcome to episode number 145 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, March 22nd, 2021. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where sometimes it snows in April. And from America's left coast, where our volcanic eruptions are currently limited to the minds of offended Karens. I'm Ryan Pemrose. Well, there's a lot of offended Karens. So there's a lot of volcanism going on out there right now, too. Well, you know, you would think the planet would know about being green and not spewing those kind of things into the air. I mean, as as part of the research I did for this show, I I honestly tried because it it would have been, you know, a great zinger point. Ah, screw you, you climatards to have come up with how much CO2 this volcano in Iceland. There's a volcano that's been spewing molten rock for two days now i think uh in iceland and uh you know my, my favorite part about it was the tourists who who apparently have never heard of of sulfuric acid in the lungs from breeding <laughs> hydrogen sulfide but um so they all went right up to as close as they could get to take pictures and be there and i've got a, a great shot of a bunch of tourists who are all gonna have lung cancer later in life oh yeah but gotta take a when, selfie when I was trying to research that, the, you know, obviously I found the Guardian story that said, hey, look, climate, you know, climate or CO2 numbers across the globe didn't uh, go up when, you know, in the 2010. And they said, uh, so can we finally put this canard to rest that volcanoes create CO2? You know, I got that story, of course, and I got uh, stories on the other side. But the conclusion I came to is nobody has any freaking idea just how much CO2 volcanoes are throwing into the atmosphere. Nor do they have any idea whether it's good or not for the environment, which is the sad and funny part about this. As we know, CO2 is plant food, but we've (laughs) been taught to demonize it now. Well, because we emit it. And I mean, I thought that I don't have this in the show notes because it's not really. Yeah, you dirty polluter. How how dare you exhale? I know. But I saw an article which was on the lines of, you know, can we start talking about how much of a carbon footprint little Fido has your little pet, little dog, little cat, you know, we might need to start thinking about that. I mean, when does All it right. get too far for the crazy leftists who are going to be like, Oh, I, I think, I think Bessie Mooface has a larger <laughs> carbon footprint than your dog, but <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, they, they're there for a different reason. They also want to get rid of Bessie Mooface. That's why was it Bill Gates? One of these morons was like, Oh, the people in the United States should stop yes. eating meat entirely. Yes. Because every single, Every single ad for, you know, eat bugs is uh, they have they they can't point out anything about the flavor other than, you know, occasionally someone will say these things are peppery, but they will, of course, point out, uh, well, they're they're much better for the environment because they consume a lot less and and they generate a lot less CO2. And like, yeah, but I mean, I'm human. I didn't make it to the top of the food chain by eating things that consume less. Well, you do realize to. Get rid of all of those creatures that exhale CO2. 
that aren't humans. I mean, they'll come for the humans, too. That'll just be last. You just have to kill them all. This like, well, it would be much more well, humane to the cows that, you know, we use for to meat. kill them. If we that just is pretty right, humane, it is. If we just didn't have them at all, that would be better for their species if they never got to exist because we're just going to kill them anyway. So you can, I, I, you know, I never really intended to get into a climate change story on this show, but of course we're here, here we are. So fuck it. Let's go. Um, I, I, you can't just take the total breath and farts of all the cows in the world and say, well, and this cats. wouldn't be there. If we, and the dogs, if we, uh, the, no, the cats are innocent cats are, you know, they, they dare you to, to challenge them on any, anyways, um, Think about the, you know, the like cows. Okay. It might be different if they're grown in a barn or something, but cows out in a pasture are eating the pasture down and that grass contains carbon and the cows are turning it into carbon dioxide and burping it up. But if there are no cows to eat it, um, what, what happened way back in the day when there were grazing animals or whatever? Well, grazing animals have always been part of the ecosystem. They learned this in Africa. When the uh, they were trying to figure out why, uh, after they killed all of the animals that were destroying the savanna and, and trampling the grasses, how come the savanna started dying? And it was because they just grew up, and then the season changed, and it all died, and it fell over, and all this mat of dead grass was choking out the new grass. And I mean that they. A part of the ecosystem is they need grazing animals. So you can't just get rid of them. I, I, I don't know where I'm going with this other than uh, if, if well, instead of animals eating the grass and farting it out, if you just let the grass die, then eventually what clears the dead grass, which has to be cleared for the ecosystem to continue is fire. Fire releases a lot of co2 into the atmosphere no way these are all natural processes humans are not unique we are part of the ecosystem well i think where you're going is a simple math equation that is never taken into account which is you just look at well cows fart and if they didn't well this would be the effect but no they never go further than oh well what's going to happen if the cows aren't here nobody ever looks at that part of the equation it's all just like let's take one thing and we'll take this out of the equation and everything will be better. But they don't realize that there will be a domino effect of some sort. What that will be. I mean, it could be better. It could be worse. Nobody ever takes any of that into account when they come up with all of this crazy well, stuff. It, it's the same kind of naive argument that leads to entire California cities being turned to ash in 24 hours because you you have your. Your forest management people going out and going, oh, fire bad. And then they stop all fires. You know, somebody smoking. They're like, oh, you put that out. Uh, and then fuel builds up and builds up and builds up because funny thing, plants continue growing. And then the cycle goes, the plant will, will die or or fall over or whatever and you end up with a lot of very dry crusty plant stuff that has never been eliminated by small fires and then you know small fires keep starting and they keep getting bigger and your fire department goes out there and stops a fire and and pretty soon this one you know this one is the size of a campfire and you're like put that out and then this one's the size of a, a wardrobe 
You're like, no, we got to put that out. This one's the size of a truck. You put that out. This one's the size of a warehouse. Oh no, we got, you know, we will bring in planes to drop liquid on it. We'll, oh, we'll put that shit out. And you know, this one's the size of a small community. Oh, well we can put that out. We'll just, uh, you know, allocate, we, we'll send prisoners out there to get killed because firefighters don't want to go. And then eventually you get a fire the size of a freaking County and you can't put it out and it rages through and levels things. And you're like, climate change well again but well, we're back no. to the same math equation which is well we a lot of these fires in california start because we don't clear the brush because it's like well that's not part of nature we shouldn't be interfering we shouldn't clear this because then we're doing something the, to the planet but they don't well, that's exactly what the fires do right but they also <laughs> if don't you take, don't clear the brush a fire will and, they and don't then take it'll into treat account. your house there were otherwise there were animals that did that that we got rid of yes. we killed all them so if you don't this concept that we're doing what's right for the planet is so stupid. Well, we didn't kill all the animals. We fenced off a tiny little area and said, you get this, t- this place now. Here's a zoo here. Yeah. yeah. You can, you can go be wild wolves in the zoo. <laughs> I mean, but that is people don't take in to consideration all of this. And it's the concept like, oh, well, let's just stop meat production and everybody in America can eat bugs. Mm, no. I don't think that. And then, and then the best happen. part is when they're like, we need to go back to nature. And you get some celebrity who decides to go back to nature in their $7 million seaside fenced <laughs> off house. Well, people were eating meat way, way, way back. It isn't like this is a current thing. People just went. It wasn't like two years ago. People were like, huh, what if we kill that pig? What we would find if we would ate it? I mean, what if it would be good? Yeah, but they're made of bacon. Why? Why aren't we killing that pig? That's. I don't understand. It's not like this is a new thing eating meat. It's part of the ecosystem. It has been part of the ecosystem. Do you know what happens if you were to just magically take every human being off the planet? Other animals are going to kill and eat other animals. This is part of the natural way. Well, obviously, we have to sterilize all life on the planet. That is not why we have a nuclear program. That is the liberal kind of view (laughs) when you come down to the end game, which is if we would just get rid of everybody and everything, we would have equity. If if we could if we could make the earth into a lifeless ball of rock like Mars, then the climate would never change. Right. It would be perfect. We're on to something here. Let's see. We should do this. We should. This is an exit strategy. Totally destroy the earth. It, 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 yeah, that would be a strategy for exiting. All right. The um, we'd all be out. I mean, this is when you want to be on that rocket to Mars, even though you're never coming back. The earth is about to go down a big enough volcano. I mean, there you go. It there you go. It could so, yeah, um, I, I, I should look up. I'll probably put in the show notes this picture that. Like all these tourists and, and it was a long range Photoshop. So, so they look a lot closer than they were, but all these tourists right next to the volcano. And I, I know that's got to be really cool to watch. But what I also know is that volcanoes produce a hell of a lot of sulfur dioxide oh, yeah. with sulfur dioxide plus water. Like say the liquid in your lungs creates sulfuric acid. That is not going to be good. No, I mean, I'm sure there'll be videos of people. If this didn't happen this time, it eventually will that are coughing right- blood. Right. Well, right off of the volcano that's about to go off live streaming. Hey, we're here live streaming on Facebook. This all this is awesome. And then gone. <laughs> well, my, my wife has been watching uh, live streams of the volcano and there have been a couple times the stream has been interrupted and they said we're going to have some downtime here because we have to go replace cameras that melted. Yes. You don't want to be near what's going on. Like I'm 
perfectly happy to watch it on a camera because if a camera melts, I don't have to take use my medical insurance. At the very least, you're getting a really good tan. I, oh, I did uh, one other thing on the the topic of of being in the ecology, uh, or you know, it, it, vegans. I learned something on uh, on abs in a six pack, the Cersei Sinner show. You learned something. By I learned listening something. To abs I in a did not pack? know. Damn. Yeah, it was it was in between the incessant Alex Jones drops. Um, that apparently there is a a minimum amount of, you know, because a, a plant based foods have to be harvested from plants, and plants are outside, and there's things outside that are not just plants. We we haven't quite managed to figure out how to prevent all insect life, for example. Well, yeah, from this is being cicada here. So, yeah, oh yeah, you get those, don't you? Yeah, we I'm do. so sorry. <laughs> I mean, it really is like a plague. That is what it's like when these things are in full well, force. When when a field is harvested, har- harvested, that, my that gosh, too. I can't. When a field is harvested, the FDA has certain minimum limits for how many insects per bushel can be in the food. Right. And that is, it's not zero because it can't really be. That's not feasible. But what it means is that if you're a vegan, you're eating bugs. You're not actually eating non, you know, non-animal material. And more importantly, how many of those bugs have had to be destroyed for your gluten-free wheat sandwich or whatever the hell it is? Oh, beyond the bugs, I've read reports on how many animal. I mean, you talk about gophers and squirrels and rabbits and this, the amount that they kill because of keeping them away from the crops. You got blood on your hands if you're a vegan. If you think I'm a vegan and I've never hurt an animal due to my lifestyle, ha! Bullshit! You're and wrong. besides, I, yeah. I I eat meat, and it has nothing to do with with hating animals. I, They're I hate, tasty. I hate. Yeah, animals taste really good. I, I I don't put a lot of emotion into it. I'm like, I know what my body needs. My body needs bacon. Well, do you feel? What do you feel like with the uh, cultures? That will eat things like dogs and cats that we consider pets that people here just have a visceral reaction when they hear things like, oh, this this culture ate dogs or cat. And it's like, how can they do that? But then you turn around and you you have this conversation while having a burger, you know, and it's like, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I introduced them to my pet cow. Uh huh. Like, you know, India, they go out and they start eating a cat. I'd be like, hmm, yep. Yes. This cow burger sure tastes good. Yeah. It was, and then was- they'll be like, ew. And, you know, they congratulations this you know what this is this is called diversity and i know i i know that a lot of people who who love to champion the world word diversity don't quite understand that what that means is that you're tolerant of other people's cultures instead of trying to destroy them all in favor of your own monoculture yes but here's where we are yeah and trying to homogenize everything and make everything the same and everyone the same diversity is great as long as it's skin tone once it's the way you think (laughs) then it's they don't want diversity. They want everybody to be in lockstep. And that is the uh, the basis of a lot of what's going on today. Another story, which I didn't grab. I think we talked about. Yeah. Well, you mean another story? How about we just do a story? Well, I'm just going to mention, though, the Teen Vogue thing. We think we okay. talked about that in the last episode. The girl that was the editor. And then you found keep out- talking about Teen Vogue. And, and this sounds like some I mean, you need to see a psychologist about that. But it's in the on. news. But uh, so she got bounced. Because, you know, she said bad Asians or something like that when she had a T.A. And one of the girls that was going to get the job that had championed this other girl getting kicked out 
Well, it turns out that like 10 years ago or so, she was using the N-word in tweets. So now she's not getting the job either. Nobody's going to get jobs ever again. I remember having this conversation with my mom about seven years ago, right before all of this craziness even really kicked into gear. Because one of my nephews who was in high school at the time, which I mean, high school kids were stupid at that age. We think we're just conversing with our friends on Twitter. And I saw I I, I, I hate to break be the bearer of bad news here, but most humans are stupid at all ages. Yeah, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. But I remember reading some stuff on his Twitter account and we all thought, you know, he's going to get some scholarships and stuff, which he did. And I'm like, you know, tell him to delete his Twitter account, which he did. And I'll give him full credit for that. He's probably very happy now that he's 25, 26 years old, that he did get rid of that Twitter account, because this is the kind of stuff that is following people around and keeping them from getting jobs. You know, when it's going to keep you from being employed, it's I would say that this was a side effect nobody saw coming. But if you're all for the socialist utopia. This could be exactly what they want, because now everybody's unemployable because everybody was an asshole at some point and said something like and, this. And, and I would dispute. We totally saw this coming. Well, we did. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, no agenda did before we even started our show. They saw this coming. It, it's not difficult to. Yeah, well, if you have the ability to look at what is going on and think critically about it, then it's really doesn't take too many leaps of logic in order to figure out, well, gee, the end game for this can't necessarily be good. And with, with cancel culture, it it's becoming apparent that we've gone too far. We're not going to be able to back it out. I, I don't think we're ever going to be able to go back to before people decided to cancel each other. So the only way out is through. And the only way out of cancel culture at this point is everybody has to be canceled. And then these right. self-righteous jackholes, who have decided that they are only going to hire somebody who's perfect are ultimately going to go, you know, I can't find anybody who's perfect. I'll just have to hire somebody who might be flawed, but otherwise can do the job. And then we'll be back to where we need to be. It goes back to religion and the Bible, the the whole story of he who was without sin cast the first stone. We somehow forgot that as a culture, whether you're religious or not, that's a pretty good principle. He who was without sin cast the first stone because everybody has issues and you know me i i am not an adherent to any formal religion and i don't even identify as a particularly religious person i mean i don't identify at all but uh however it you know the as 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 larry affectionately calls them the corporate god providers uh the religion sprung up out of a human need And yes, most religious institutions have become large enough to become corrupt. And that's a problem with any institution you let become large enough. And right now, the uh, Catholic Church in Rome is a seething cesspool of the Epstein kind of people that I'm not even sure I want to think about. But religion in general served the human need of allowing us to come together and teaching us some very basic principles that cause that that allow humans to to function together in a society without going all lord of the flies on each other and i think that we've definitely lost that in this move to you know the the millennials are the most secular generation that that humanity has ever seen pretty close 
and okay, we can throw out formal religion. I'm all for, you know, ditching the corruption, but let's not throw out every lesson ever taught in the Bible. Let's not throw out the golden rule. Be nice to each other. Don't kill each other. I mean, there's some pretty good advice in the 10 commandments. Don't, you know, don't fuck each other's wives. I, it's the kind of thing that that causes neighbors to not have to shoot each other. Right. There are benefits to learning this. And I feel like this whole, oh, well, I don't want to be religious has caused a lot of people to go. That means that I don't have to care or even know about any of the lessons that religions the world over have fought wars over and learned the hard way and then written down because, you know, this whole be nice to each other seems like a pretty good idea. And our entire society didn't collapse because we decided, and this other society over here did collapse because they weren't nice to each other. So we're going to write it down so that people don't have to learn the hard way like we did. And people are just ignoring it today. And well, if you, as you have pointed out in the past, people also seem as a human species to have a need to believe in something, worship something, and it's all gone to really bad places. I mean, you could argue religion all day long, but I would rather have people believing in a God rather than in global warming or whatever the hell's going on. I mean, in a lot of people's minds, that's the same thing. And that's, I think that's exactly the point you're going to people. Yeah. People have a need. Human beings have a need for spiritual spirituality. And if, if you don't have religion in your life to fulfill that, that doesn't mean you're not going to be spiritual. It means that you're going to seek out something. And I say spirituality. It is, it is an, an inborn need in all of us to believe in something larger than ourselves. And if, if you don't have God, then believe in something larger than yourself might be, I believe in climate change or, or I, you know, any, the, the most destructive secular person today i believe in science no that's not how science works you've just deified a a method of acquiring knowledge and and completely neutered it i mean you want to talk delusions of grandeur it's thinking you can save the planet i mean looking at the planet as a an individual person being like the planet does not care yeah we don't have the we do not have the ability we might even be able to take out all humans if we tried really really hard but we can't take out all life we can't we can't do anything to significantly change the trajectory of the planet or or really in any big way change its features or how it behaves. I mean, the worst we can possibly do is is make it uninhabitable for lots of current forms of life for a few hundred years. And then eventually it'll cure itself and go on happily without humans. And I yeah, I want to be here. <laughs> Wait, I'm a human. I'm kind of happy living on this planet right now. I was going to say, if if it's going to be a world without humans and you want to be here, are you, I was going to ask, are you saying you're not human? Was this uh, something? I, we, I don't identify. I see. But there was a story the other day. I don't remember where it was, that it was some area that I guess was used to be frozen, but it's not. But they found something like growing there under all the ice. And they're like, Oh, scientists were shocked to learn that this area was, you know, not frozen once before. It's like, well, of course it has. This isn't new. This whole concept uh, that we're in the, the, like the, the whole planet has been frozen at points in the past. That's what ice ages are. Uh-huh. Well, they don't realize the because, again, I guess history isn't taught the cyclical nation, uh, nature of things. That- I mean, technically, we're still in an ice age. One of our seven continents is missing because there's ice in the way. That's a lot of ice. But yeah, it is. People don't get it. But 
There was a story. I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, John Cleese, who is a very funny guy, no doubt about it. And he's come out against a lot of this crazy stuff. He thinks that the NFT movement is insane, which I, okay. So, so he's, yeah, he's got a point. So he decided that he was going to, and I don't, I haven't seen the artwork here and because I don't, I don't believe it's in the, is, uh, is this going to be a, a, like, if you want to buy that, I have a bridge to sell you sort of story. You know it. He <laughs> drew or illustrated the Brooklyn bridge. So he's literally going to be selling a Brooklyn bridge NFT to what he calls a terminally insane world with a buy it now price of $69,346,250.50. Now, I don't know where that number comes from. Yeah. How many people have analyzed that number? I want to know where it came from. How did you not come with this information to this show? It's got to be a a Monty Python bit. There's got to be something to that number. Either that or he just made it up and thought it was troll room. Get on that. I want to know why that number. Right. Why $69,346,250.50. But in the article, they say the uh, crazy thing is he might actually get it in this current climate. Um, uh, he, well, he he has a celebrity that someone like Darren O'Neill doesn't quite have. Yeah. You know, nobody's buying my one piece of art that cost me like 70 bucks to put out on the blockchain. I feel sad. It was no agenda art. I figured this was corn pop. Somebody would be stepping up, pay a few grand. I mean, this going in the long term, this could be worth billions of dollars. Don't you get it? In the long term, corn pop could be, yeah, could be worth that much. Could be. You know, when when billions of dollars buys you a loaf of bread or three eggs. Yeah, well, still, inflation is inflation. I can still say, hey, my artwork sold for a billion dollars. Doesn't matter that a sandwich is 14 billion. It just makes uh, what it sells for. But uh, I, it's a weird space to watch this NFT stuff because there's people throwing crazy amounts of money in it. For, as you said, the big name artists that are out there, it's still tied to the cryptocurrency, which is very volatile right now. There was a guy, uh, I think uh, last name Lee, that is one of these big time Bitcoin uh, prognosticators that's been fairly good at predicting what's been going on. And he said that he thought Bitcoin could maybe get you three hundred thousand dollars this year and i'm still just trying to know about this year but i have no doubt it'll get there eventually well see i'm not too sure about that because he also believes even though he's the one that thinks he can get up to three hundred thousand this year he believes that another crypto winter yeah it might have been charlie lee shy budesh um he believes there's another crypto winter coming that the bitcoin will lose between 80 to 90 percent of its value almost overnight. Now, this for people that are putting their money into Bitcoin, this should be a warning sign for you. When well, one, one prediction, which we've made on this show multiple times, and, and it, it, it's we'll, we'll see if it bears out. But but we both said this is definitely something that could be coming is the idea that people could just start outlawing holding Bitcoin. And we saw this. uh well, last week when we did the story about India, who is uh, proposing legislation that just says it'll be a crime to hold it. Well, if we've learned nothing 
about from the war on drugs, what we should at least pick up is the moment that you make something illegal, its value skyrockets. And if Bitcoin goes to 300,000 this year, it might just be because uh, the it, it becomes a whole lot more expensive to hold it because of the risk of some government person coming to your house and being like, is that a Bitcoin I see on your kitchen table? <laughs> Better not be. They're they're not actual coins, you know. They're they're in the cloud. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. You you say that right up until some border patrol agent seizes your phone and ah. plants evidence by dropping a bitcoin onto your yeah yeah a portion You're of like a bitcoin. We, we just found this judge. Well, there was other stories, and this is all very new that is coming out that the United States is again under Biden pushing for a coin. That is blessed, for lack of a better word, by the United States that's created that would be the official digital currency of the United States. Now, if they do this, that can have drastic effects on the price of every other crypto, especially if part of this is, hey, folks, we got the new USA coin. And if you have any other coins, you're going to jail. That's could be a yeah that that would be the kicker, wouldn't it? Uh huh. That like would the be. thing that they bury in the terms of service. Oh, by the way, <laughs> you know because it's understandable now. Who this is really getting worried are companies. You know the jerks over at Mastercard and Visa who have been at the forefront of all of this. Well, we're going to deplatform you by not allowing you to well, make money. Now, but MasterCard and Visa are strongly threatened by anything that makes money easier to use coming out of the government, because right now they're the monopoly on that. And well, if there's one thing that can crush uh, a corporate monopoly, it's uh, a, a government coming in and deciding to be a government monopoly. Right. Because so, you, do you know why I pay for my groceries with a credit card? Because people. Because people will shoot you if you try not to pay. Well, yeah, but I pay with the credit card because of convenience it's not that i don't have the money it's because i want it to be easy i don't need to carry around cash why do people buy their you know coffees on credit cards well because again they don't want to carry around cash or whatnot it's not that they don't have it so if you could have a system that was a cryptocurrency that would allow you to pay for these things without having a middleman you know who goes broke the middleman yeah and and that's mastercard and visa uh, you know why I carry cash and pay for almost everything? Because I want cash to continue to exist. Well, yeah, and they're saying that. Of that's course, definitely a theme we've we've hit on this show is that uh, cash. Nothing, nothing that anyone has proposed can replace the most fundamental part of cash. And it's not just that cash is anonymous and not you know doesn't. There's no transaction of every. There, there's no log of every transaction ever made, which is a pretty big benefit. It's the the fact that cash cannot be turned off if you say the wrong thing to the wrong person. And that is extremely powerful and is not a feature of any other proposed money system out there. And no, there. In fact, I think it, it is a feature of every digital money system that comes into existence, especially every one that's proposed by the government. And I'm, I'm no doubt that the one proposed by Biden has this feature that if you, dis, if somebody comes out as, as an evil Trump supporter or something, then all you have to do is reach into a database and, Oh, I'm sorry, your wallet doesn't work here. 
your money's no good. Your money's gone. <laughs> That's yeah. what it is. Uh, but I have to say, Sir Matthew of Maps with Matt is more than a cartographer because he figured out the price for John Cleese's artwork was because of what artist Beeple. He did a piece of art every day for 5,000 days and then turned them all into one big NFT. And it sold at Christie's auction for $69.3 million. So John Cleese just figured I could do that. And I mean, really, who the hell knows who Beeple is? I know John Cleese, so maybe it'll work. Is it wrong of me to think less of Sir Mitchu for even knowing that? He knows things. He's good. He knows things. He does the work, and we appreciate him for that. And check well, out someone has to. I sure as hell don't want to. That's exhausting. Maps with so thank you, Sir Mitchu. Dot com. Well, just one T, though. So, the, yeah, the NFT thing's weird. There's no T com. Yeah, we have Matt. Maps with Matt. But it's not M-A-T-T. It's just one T. He doesn't like T-T's. He just likes T. Just let Let's that find more TTs for the rest of us. Let's just let that sit there for a minute. And uh, we I, we have to get to, because this has been on my list of things to talk about for a while. The whole concept of what is broadband. And it's good because I just got an email yesterday from Xfinity, my cable it, internet provider. If, if, if I may, I, I might be spoiling your entire point, but what is broadband? I have an answer to that. It's whatever the fuck the FCC says it is. Yes. And that's the question, because that is on the table at this point. But Xfinity is raising my gigabit connection to 1.2 gig. They're not changing the upload, which I really that's the only thing I care about. Then who cares? Yeah. Like it's still 35 meg. You could you can now run 13 Netflix streams instead of only 11 simultaneously. Yes. Uh, Okay, but I still can't send an audio stream. And the other problem is I know we got a lot of bends in the audience. So I'll just do troll room. Let me know who out there actually has a system that has more than a gigabit card in it, because I don't think 95 percent of the people out there have the ability to pull in more than a gigabit connection. And with overhead, that's a little bit under a gig. You never really you know, hit you, you, the gig. Obviously, the answer to your point, which that is a great point, and I think a lot more people need to think about it, but obviously the answer to that is, well, yes, but if you have two systems that are both saturating at the same time, which let, let's never mind that that almost never happens because it's so incredibly difficult to saturate a gigabit, uh, especially since the, the connections all the way through usually don't provide that kind of throughput, and the server on the other end usually is not going to want to give you that much of their resources anyway but suppose you even could well obviously it's because if you might have two computers in your house okay that's great but the point is even worse than the one you just made because who the hell puts an ethernet card in their computer these days it's all wi-fi how many wi-fi devices do you need to be able to saturate 1.2 gigabit Lots, but I don't do the Wi-Fi. Well, I do the Wi-Fi thing because well, you yeah, can't get you're away weird. from it. But I like to wire every. I've got like five. Let's see, one, two, three computers that are on all the time that are on it wired, and four NAS systems, and then a few Raspberry Pi, and, and at least one Amazon NSA spying device. Yeah, well, th- those aren't wired. Those are all Wi-Fi. And I will yeah. say, the Amazon spying device I did put onto the alternate network yesterday, which is now running through the Winston device. And it's been interesting watching that because the Roku and the Amazon devices are going through that and everything working as they should. So that's good. But work really must be confusing those people because 
Now the IP addresses are going to be all over the place. But even with multiple machines, if it's wired, you still need a router then that has more than a gigabit port, which most of them don't. I mean, I understand you could just use the all in one device that your cable company gives you. And if that's the case, you probably don't really care about the speeds anyway. I, I, well, I mean, they, if Comcast is upping your speed to 1.2 gigabyte, it would be kind of disingenuous of them to not provide you a means of ma- taking advantage of that. And it, I don't know. I don't buy the, oh, my router doesn't support it. Obviously, if there exists a router that well, supports it, then if you want to take advantage of it, then you go out and get the router. And you buy a new one. Right. Which is you a, can't use your same router from 1996 indefinitely. Really? Come on. Not the uh, what WRTG. What was it? The uh, old Linksys one that you could just they're bulletproof. I still had a couple of those running just like a year or so ago because you don't need speed on all the Wi-Fi connections. You just need security and be able to do fun stuff with W uh, the W D R D D W R T. I can figure that. You know, if out. you were a real Luddite, you'd argue that you don't need Wi-Fi at all. You know, I wish I didn't have to, but when you have phones and tablets, it becomes a lot harder to wire everything. But wiring everything's the way to go. If you can, most people don't. But there is now this fight going on in the legislative branches of the United States on broadband for everybody. I don't know if a lot of people realize for the the folks that are considered like really poor, they're getting free broadband and that's been upped recently because you know kids are at home rather than going into school so we have the kids on zoom so we need more bandwidth and the question now becomes do you what do you really need and the concept that you need internet is also another debate that could be had because i don't think people need internet to get by on a day-to-day well, there's, basis there's a lot of things in this country that you know in in the in the modern world nowadays that if you don't have access to internet you are just straight out locked out of a piece of society uh you know if if this hr1 that the democrats were pushing uh last month uh ever passed the the federal voting reforms they were going to have online voting for everything and then if you don't have internet uh then well i don't know i guess they'll just write up a ballot for you and then submit it but now i don't think they count on this where when they do these maps sir matthew the cartographer when they do these maps showing where broadband exists in the united states and where it doesn't i don't believe they take into account the telephone service the which is what most people use now in order to be able to do this now if you have a kid that has to do online classes well a tablet that's hooked into whatever your phone is well, that should have enough bandwidth to do what they need to do. And I don't know if that's all considered, but the most controversial thing that I've seen when it came to this new FCC under Biden, his people want to redefine what broadband is. And the bar that they wanted to raise was that it had to be 100 megabits per second. Both ways. Yeah. Both ways. Both ways. Okay. That's, that's new. The, well, that's uh, very I mean, new. I have gig. I just said I got 35. So who the hell needs a yeah. hundred meg up to consider as broadband? But that is what they want to. I'm like, okay, wait, 
So the government's going to say anybody that doesn't have 100 megabit per second up no longer has broadband. Like 95% of the people in the country now don't have broadband then, if you go by that. Well, the definition is entirely political. Well, of and course. It, 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 of course, drives some things. Uh, there, there are a lot of regulations around, you know, must have broadband this and incentives for broadband this and this percentage of broadband users, which is why, politically speaking, it is an incredibly important definition. But I don't know. In, in terms of from on, on the, on the ground for me and you, it, it, you know, how important it is, is it in, in 2021, uh, what do you need to be able to do? You need, you need your Netflix and your, your Amazon and your Hulu and all your streaming services and running, you know, each stream to get a really good HD, you know, a good quality stream, uh, takes what, uh, two gigabytes down, uh, three. And if you oh, want megabytes. a 4k not, stream, not, it's, not it's gigabytes. That's, that would be a uh, lot. megabytes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and, and a 4K stream, which of course is the minimum that any self-respecting video file would have, uh, is going to take 10. I don't, I'm not, I'm not really sure. You know, a zoom call takes two or three. It, it's not super difficult on you, even the current definition, 25 megabit broadband. If you get that amount, which, you know, whether or not you get that amount and how often you get it, that's a totally different thing about ISPs throttling and not delivering the full speed that they advertise, et cetera. But if you have that, then what is it that you can't do? I mean, I guess the question is, does it, does it matter if you have broadband, if you can do everything you want to do? It shouldn't, but that's where (laughs) these numbers that they start throwing on things become questionable for other reasons. Like, why are you putting this number on? Of course, I have broadband lust when Sir Spencer tells me that he has gigabit symmetric yeah, both in, ways. in Google Fiber, Kansas City. And I'm sitting here. I'm on I'm on 35 megabit symmetric, which is a fiber connection that we got uh, seven, eight years ago. And the why am I on this one? Because uh, it, it's completely solid. It doesn't matter. Night, day, the power could go out and I'm still getting 35 megabits up and down. And I value that. It, it's very useful to a podcaster, for example. Uh, but is it a lot? No. Is it enough for what I use? Yeah. Well, and it's enough for what most people use. When you start talking about things like, well, you know, you got a family with multiple kids that are doing remote learning. Again, the download speeds are more than enough unless you got like eight to 10 kids. Then maybe you need a little boost. But if you're talking two to three kids at home, they can all watch the video. First of all, if you have eight to ten kids, then a boost is the last thing you need. (laughs) The concept, though, that the teacher needs to be able to see little Jimmy or little Jenny at 4K quality and perfect, you know, 60 frames per second is bullshit. The they just need to make sure the kid's sitting there. So it comes down to the fact that a grainy looking uh, picture with that updates like once every 30 seconds or even once every 60 seconds is fine when a teacher is teaching a class you don't need high res full motion video to do what they're talking so this is a complete and utter bullshit to be like well the kids really need this for learning that's not the case that's when we're talking about need here are are we acknowledging the possibility that some of the teachers might be pedophiles because they might need hd well, see, that's also a you problem, know, but it's a different problem. In fact, forget I brought that up. It is. Well, it's a different problem. When we had 
it was right right about when we started grumpy old ben's was it was it not when there was a school district in philadelphia if i'm not wrong that had handed out laptops to the children and the people in the school district you know the principal whoever it was was tuning into those cameras i definitely remember covering that story and it was quite a while i was that was uh-huh. def- that was a 2019 maybe a 2018 story but I think we covered it on GOB, so it would have been 2019. Yeah, cringeworthy. But this is the kind of stuff yeah. you have to worry about when they're like, yeah, we need better bandwidth so I can see little Jenny and, in her bedroom. And, and, and that was before we somehow changed the expectations of parents that that going to school meant sequestering your child into the back bedroom with a computer screen and a webcam. Yeah, this used to be what you told the kids not to do. Yeah. Never it used to be if your teenager disappeared into the back bedroom and shut the door with a webcam on, then you you started having the talk about personal privacy and and whether or not they're ready for an OnlyFans account. Well, this is kind of the issue, and there is a you know a small off ramp into another story, which was that Facebook with their Instagram, it looks like uh, their property you know facebook owns instagram as well they're developing an instagram app for children under 13 who thinks this is a good idea raise your hand that having a specific uh app for photographs (laughs) for children under 13 who thinks facebook is making a really good choice here right now instagram i don't know if you can see it on on the grainy video that i'm sending you but i'm i'm not currently raising my hand no because it's nuts right now. Instagram, if you're under 13, you can't be on the platform. And that's probably should be the case. If you're a well, good parent, then, if you're letting your kid post stuff, pictures then you're not and legally allowed to be on the platform. I would say there's a hell of a lot of 10, 11 and 12 year olds who are on the platform saying, yes, I can right now. Yes. And now they do kick people off when they find them allegedly, according to Facebook. But this would make it a OK and open it up to children under 13. And I just want to know. Where's the need for this? And who are the asshat parents giving their children under 13 devices and free reign on things like Instagram? I, I think, know. you know, damn well, my position on that, which is that that subjecting anyone whose mind has not fully formed yet to something as as paralytic and poisonous mentally as a social network is child abuse. It is. Or, I mean, it's just you don't even care because you're like, well, here. You know, parents, I think today are so used from like their kids are like a year old and they sit them in front of a screen and go, here, watch uh, some video on YouTube. I'll press play. And they think that the devices are a proper babysitter for the children. And they that never really they never grow out of well, that. And, and videos on YouTube are uh, they they come with their own problems. But the the real problem to the social network is the the over socialized characteristics that it you know the the like button and the dopamine hit from posting something and getting that immediate response and and, getting messages from strangers (laughs) yeah Uh, well i'm not even talking about the safety thing i'm talking about uh the the development of your brain is in in such a way that if you you know there there have been a lot of studies that you know one of the reasons why even where recreational drugs are legal, they tend to have age limits. And that is because there's a lot of information and a lot of medical science out there that says that when your brain is still developing, if you introduce somebody to an addictive drug, 
while their brain is still developing, you have instilled that addiction permanently for life. And there it's, it's incredibly difficult to get out of it. And you basically, if you take a child and you put them on crack cocaine, you fuck them up for life. And uh, as entertaining as that would be to watch, it's not very nice. Well, Facebook and Instagram are drugs. They're, they're not, they're not chemical drugs. They're mental, they're emotional drugs, getting people, you know, every time you post, be sitting there hammering the refresh button, waiting for a like to come in, waiting for your first comment. That is addictive behavior and doing that to small children while their brains are still developing is cruel. It is. And I didn't even realize, I mean, I knew there were influencers out there. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't realize until I read an article uh, last night that there were a lot of these platforms like Instagram and TikTok and that that are paying out big bucks to people to only be on their platform. So they won't use a competitor's platform. If you're a big enough, uh, you have a big enough audience that they'll actually pay you to. Oh, that's a great idea. Right up until you get canceled. Well, yeah, that's also true. I mean, it's, sure, it's easy money until it's not. But I just was, you know, I'm like, okay, I understood that influencers, you get a big audience and you can get different products for free and people will pay you an ungodly amount of money. The Kardashians, I mean, there were some of the stories about that that was was like 500 or 50 to 100 thousand dollars for making one Instagram post. I mean, this was real, real disgusting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I find the entire concept of influencers to be entirely disgusting. And I understand that that if I were into marketing, which I think, you know, my position on that, that I would, of course, have to pay attention to influencers and understand what they're doing and what their motivations are. So, of course, that I can psychologically manipulate and change their motivations for the purpose of using them as a force multiplier to psychologically manipulate a larger number of people. I understand the role that influencers have, but influencers are celebrity minus minus they are uh, they're they're minor celebrities to a group of people that's not quite as expensive to your clients as purchasing a real celebrity and pretty much everything about celebrity kind of disgusts me so uh i you know it's one of the one of the reasons why even before i realized that twitter is is patently unhealthy because uh it's well right now because the platform is pure rage with the side of cancellation but even before that happened i determined a long time ago that twitter existed for only a couple purposes one was press releases two was being a celebrity and three was worshiping celebrities and given that i never did any of them i went i don't need this platform uh you know what what do you do with it well you do you use the you're on twitter you're not a celebrity per se maybe a little bit uh you you definitely don't strike me as someone who worships celebrities but you do use it for press releases i get that and and it's probably the reason i can't get you to leave twitter and that's fine but I don't do that. I'm not on Twitter. What, what is it good for? It, it, it feeds this disease in society called celebrity. Well, and the know, influencer thing is that there are a vast number of degrees, meaning there's that top of the food chain, which as far as bringing in money, not bringing in anything that actually helps humanity but the kardashians I mean, am, am i wrong in thinking the top of the food chain for for influencer is they graduate to celebrity it, well you can be a celebrity and an influencer that is i mean what i would consider okay, then, an influencer then other than degree what's the difference well an influencer is somebody that can 
make you change your mind on something. So our buddy Bandrew, I mean, he hates the title, but, you know, the the uh, of influencer, but somebody that does a couple of reviews every week on audio gear and takes it very seriously and is very thorough and buys all of the crap himself. He's still an influencer. He's just not a paid in the pocket of company influencer, which there's a lot of them out there who will only send you stuff if you promise to say, hey, I'd love this. Even if you don't, they'll be like, hey, I'll send you this and, you know, a hundred grand as long as you say you love drinking Sir Bemrose energy drink. And that to me is where you got problems. I I would argue that you are ineffective as an influencer and in fact, aren't going to be influence anybody unless you have some level of celebrity. And uh, no, Sergi, not all influencers are paid for pitching crap. It is. That's not. But I I wouldn't mind being paid. But being paid is not a bad thing for most people. It's just that is where you start really losing the integrity of what you're doing. I think there were a lot of people that started out doing reviews of products because they really wanted to do a good job. But then you can get pulled over with the, well, we will offer you more. We will give you cash if you say you like the product. And how do you know who's who? There's been a lot of there's laws about that, where if you don't say that you received it for free or that you have a relationship with the company you're talking about, that is against the law in the united states and probably has that in other ever places. been enforced by the way i i think it has but uh it's, it's not easy to this is another one of these things where you know how can you really prove it like a lot of laws how do you really prove that cash was exchanged especially now when cash can be exchanged in a variety of different ways including cryptocurrency and through paypal or was however you want to do it that's not really easy to tie those things together but influencer is anybody that has enough of an audience because once you have enough of an audience they feel like anything you say i mean sadly we're influencers for the few thousand people that listen to this show you take that back <laughs> they listen to what we say and we'll make this i mean we've talked about products on the show just have in I insulted passing. you today what the hell oh. you probably have but i i just i probably have don't pay attention you know these <laughs> again these are the different levels though that you have to understand and the i just was floored by the fact that any of these platforms whether it be instagram or tiktok would be like well this influencer is so big that we want to pay them to have an exclusive it's kind of like the rogan thing to spotify and we saw how that went it's not going really well for rogan but if you're a uh you know if you're not making millions of dollars i guess it might make sense to do that but it is all this all social media, when it boils down to it, is a cesspool. This is why the kiddies need the broadband. And this is why, of course, Facebook needs to bring a Instagram platform for the kids 13 and under, because that just makes sense. I, I, it, it doesn't. I know. Um, Bad I, parenting. Did, uh, I, hashtag fuck Facebook. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, they did have an outage this past week. And I, I know you did, I know you didn't notice because well actually you know what I wasn't able to connect to Facebook every time I tried you never tried yeah that is one of the reasons I like the Winston device too there is one simple button that you could just push and it blocks all traffic across everything from Facebook so Facebook just stops working and their ads can't get to you on any site yeah and even my router has one simple button that you push and it blocks all traffic you just hit the off button yeah <laughs> it's a little 
Actually, there's a button on the front. I don't know why, but the router we've got, there's a button on the front that you push it and it just straight up stops working. Like, why is this a feature? Why is this button here to reboot it? Because unplugging it is hard. Well, no, the button doesn't reboot it. It's it's a toggle where you push it once and an LED comes on and the router does not forward any traffic anywhere. It it may as well be unplugged entirely, but there's LEDs on it. And then you push it again and everything resumes. And I'm sitting here thinking, why is this a feature? I don't know. I've never heard of that. It just like puts it into a pause state. Yeah, it just kind of pauses everything and it drops packets and everything acts as though the Internet went down. <laughs> I like the old days when you could put a script like on the router that just turned the websites upside down. So if anybody was using your router, it would flip everything. Um, You can still do that. I know. DDWRT forever. Well, yeah, you got to have control of your router. If if you can rewrite traffic on the way through, then you can do anything. And and by the way, if you control the router firmware, then you can uh, execute a man in the middle on that SSL handshake and then you can rewrite that encrypted traffic on the way through and then you can steal things from your friends when they're connected to your wi-fi use all their bitcoin wisely (laughs) yeah so uh you brought up rogan um as as you know uh, rogan now works for uh one of our favorite companies ever um spotify who uh once upon a time was just a kind of a cool way to stream music, but nowadays it's become an impressive censorship machine. Yes. Well, yeah, they're trying to get a bigger audience. So, of course, the less you have by censoring, then the bigger the audience. No, under- that does seem to be the way it works. For the- or, or at least, you know, if, if you if you get all of your feedback from groups like Media Matters, then it makes sense that if you have no content at all, you will be the most successful platform in existence. Well, you don't want to have dangerous content. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, uh, Spotify. Okay. I, have you ever heard of a band called the Stone Roses? I have. They've been around for a while. Have they? Okay. Well, they, there, there is a person attached to that band, uh, by the name of Ian Brown. And a, you know, it turns out I don't, I, I, I'm really not a huge music listener, which is one of the reasons I don't listen to Spotify. I, I've been listening to podcasts for so long that I don't even really know who the big bands are well, they're, they're um, not it, a big band now from wikipedia they're an english rock band formed in manchester in 1983 oh okay one of those then yeah. i might have actually heard them but uh well uh, ian brown is uh, uh particularly incensed by the idea of the lockdown and i feel like any any sane person should be uh so he has written uh a number of songs wherein he said he uh, you know he he generally puts into his art complaints about the lockdowns. Uh, He wrote a song called little seed, big tree, which had the following lyrics Masonic lockdown in your hometown Masonic lockdown. Can you hear me now from the top down soul shock down state shakedown mass breakdown global orders, writing over borders, get behind your doors for the new world order. Catchy. I know, I know, I'm very talented. I mean, it depends um, what kind of a beat you put behind it, but the lyrics sound uh, like they're ripped from the pages of the news. I did well. The lyrics are no, because the news would never uh, say anything that could possibly be interpreted as bad. Well, the the song "Little Seed Big Tree" uh, has been pulled from Spotify entirely, and uh, it was pulled because they said uh, that they uh, the. It, 
it did not contain the appropriate explicit content label and it was pulled for the content and also that it was pulled because uh it was containing misinformation and spotify does not condone anything that challenge you know the same thing that youtube always says so it was pretty obvious that somebody complained to spotify saying that this song contains lyrics that go against whatever official narrative and Spotify searched through their terms of service and looked for an excuse and erased the song. So as far as this is concerned, he'll never get this particular song played on Spotify. Um, so I don't have much more than that. Uh, pretty much. I don't know if, if you were putting an album up on Spotify, wouldn't you be a little, wouldn't you want them to just like eh, put your album up? <laughs> well, yeah, this is the problem when you start censoring and we're seeing this with old movies. We know Disney's been at the forefront of this because movies contain moments that they don't like things that don't go with our civilized society of today. And we have to remove them from yes. these old. And it, this, this is very dangerous when you What's remove the, the- things. The the comment that you see a lot is it was wrong then and it's wrong now. Well, no, it wasn't wrong then. That's why it existed then, because people were cool with it then. You are applying today's warped, fucked up sense of shame to things that happened in the past. And of course, they happened in the past because these people didn't hate themselves like you do. You know, shock comment, uh, shock comedians like Howard Stern. If, if he were to just be yeah. starting today, he wouldn't make it two days. Because that kind of humor, there's no place. Richard, maybe Pryor, if you were black, well, maybe. I don't know. Well, Richard Pryor, no, he 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 was he didn't follow the narrative, right? He he was. I mean, pointing. I mean, the thing with comedy is there is a level of truth to what you're saying, which makes it funny. But, I mean, look at look at the incredible amount of cognitive dissonance that Dave Chappelle caused when he started bitching out idiot idiocy on the left but people like well he's saying things that i don't like but but he's black and so he's supposed to be right and and my mind is melting right well i don't know what to do which is why i think it'll be great if candace owens does end up running for office because that'd be hilarious she is one of the best debaters if you've never heard her do a q a at a liberal college I mean, there are all, there's a lot of them out there you can go look at. Uh, she's good. She's very good. I would not want to be somebody debating her uh, for a political office because I think she would just uh, eviscerate them. And you're going to confuse a lot of people because black women are going to look at her and go, well, she's a strong black woman. I mean, so what? She might have a different political ideology than you do. Well, you know, again, what what's more important to people at this point? And there's going to be a lot of questions asked. She she strikes me and and what I will respect about anybody who does this as somebody where, you know, I, I, I differ from the prevailing viewpoint where uh, I, I have very strong opinions, but I don't want to not hear opinions from the other side. What I want is if somebody has an opinion on the other side, I want to be able to engage them in a rational conversation, because if we can exchange ideas, I might change my opinion. You might change yours. But even if we don't, then there's still a good chance that we'll come to a better understanding of why each other holds the opinion. And 
that's kind of the whole point of communication. And it's that lack of communication. The reason censorship is so awful is that it prevents any exposure to or exchange of ideas, which means that any ideas that you hate, if you just censor them, then that doesn't change the mind of the person you censored. All it does is makes them become more radical or at least stew in their own ideas. I would much rather have an open discussion of ideas and, you know, when when somebody comes up to me and says, actually, all vaccines are completely safe and, and you should go get uh, jabbed immediately with the covid vaccine, then I'd like to have a talk with that person because maybe we can come to an understanding why you believe that. And you might believe that because you you happen to work in a, a you know, a knee surgeon's office and the, the person has a PhD and therefore appeal to authority. You're like, well, it's a doctor and therefore, and, and yeah, that's a fallacy. And I understand that. And then we'll, we're done here because you're going to, I don't that, that happened to me, but okay. I'm not sure where I'm going with that. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to try to eject out of this. Uh, Ian Brown had one other thing that was controversial and that was, uh, he refused to be the headliner for the Manchester Neighborhood Weekender Festival, um, which the festival organize, organizers were disappointed by. But the reason that he gave was because the organizers were requiring everyone to attend or who attended to have proof of vaccination. Well, of course, that's going to be the new thing. You got to prove. And I, I didn't know where you were going either. But I mean, if you don't know where you're going, how are we supposed to know where you're going? Well, it, I, usually I just start driving. <laughs> just, and, you know, wait, you, you just like get in the car. You don't have really anywhere you're expecting to go. And you're don't you like, do that? I mean, I, I'm not even talking about I, like physically. I'll go get into the car and start driving if I just need to blow off steam or something. I, I just I think ideally actually, I'm not so steamed that I'm driving into people. But in the car, do you actually have the eject button? though? so that might be. That might be more dangerous. Just do that at home. <laughs> the lazy boy needs an ejector seat. They could at least just kind of throw you a couple feet in the air. The cat would be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. The cat would claw me. I don't know if I approve. <laughs> there was a, a new law that was, uh, was that's in the process now introduced is the word I'm looking for in Florida by a couple of Republican legislature legislators that would make censoring any candidate so candidate for political office on the social media i mean we all know what happened to trump so people are looking at this going well if it can happen to the president why can't it happen to smaller politicians and the bill would include a measure that would find social media platforms that blacklist political candidates a hundred thousand dollars a day for a statewide candidate which would be a governor senator presidential candidate and ten thousand a day for other candidates now a lot of people are saying for, the ten thousand a day, nothing for somebody like Facebook. Yeah, or Twitter. that's 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 uh, you know, Zuckerberg finds that in you know in between his toes when he cleans them out. Yeah, the hundred thousands maybe a little bit more, but this again, how about a hundred thousand per offense? That would be nice per per minute. Like a hundred thousand per <laughs> user that who's my who whose feed you fucked up. And the concept that's also is me. to uh, to get rid of. The shadow banning and all that, which, again, this is a law that on its face. Yeah, I'm behind what you're trying to do. But how are you going to enforce this? 
Uh, yeah, there's there's two questions. Every time somebody proposes a law, even one you like, the two questions you have to ask are what are going to be the unintended consequences and how is this going to be enforced? And right. if you don't have solid answers to both of those, it's a bad law. Yeah. So, so you have a candidate in Florida for governor and Twitter decides they're going to suspend their account. You're like, ha we're finding you one hundred thousand dollars, Twitter. And you send Twitter a bill and Twitter's like, OK, state of Florida. Yeah, we'll we'll pay this right and, away. And, and I mean, you know, what what is what is censoring and uh what what is a candidate there there are details here that would need to be ironed through. For example, uh w- would you use this law to decide that uh they that media companies or social media companies need to give equal time to say Vermin Supreme or to uh there's a um on the ballot here for for as long as i've been voting probably you know 25 years plus uh on the ballot here there have been uh, has been a person who goes by the name good space guy at least he's a good space guy he has been on the ballot for governor every single year because he goes and pays his filing fee and he gets into the the voters pamphlet and his name is on the ballot and in in his statement every single time he runs for governor in in the primary cuz not he doesn't make it past the primary but every single time in the primary he runs for governor he says i'm doing this because i'm advertising my business and he's so he he puts his name into the voters pamphlet and pays the filing fee to run for governor as an advertisement for his business. Genius. I, do you, I think I, I think it's amazing. And I don't I've, I've never voted for the guy. So maybe I don't think it's amazing enough. But you know what? I've heard his name. And I, well, maybe the advertising isn't working that well because I can't remember what his business is. But um when when you say political candidate is that guy automatic because he paid a filing fee is he automatically included uh are you going to start uh fining media companies for not getting his message out there and if you're going to enforce him getting his message out there then hey this is the best deal in advertising ever well and the concept here works for everybody then which is if it's a hundred thousand dollar fine to put uh anybody into twitter jail or it doesn't matter which platform it is if they're a candidate for governor or senator well then as you said just register to be a candidate that's enough to make sure they can't blacklist you that means that you can't shadow ban you that means they can't suspend you because you're a candidate for exactly for office. in in which case i'll go ahead and you know i'll run for my local librarian or something and that, then anytime that somebody decides to cancel me for something i've said on grumpy old bens i'll say you can't cancel me i am a candidate for office if you know forget the fines that florida could get just the amount of people that would chip in to be a candidate for governor on the i ballot. would totally support doing that <laughs> would be genius and, yeah anytime somebody passes some really shitty laws then the best thing you could possibly do is abuse the law in mass until you make it clear that these people are that, that this law is ridiculous and needs to be repealed. They never are repealed, but hey, at least you got one more thing to gather entertainment from. Yes. Cold acid says next up, David Duke running for Florida governor. It's like, but that's fine. You see, let the yeah, hateful morons say whatever they want. That's OK. We don't want anybody silenced because let them say the most hateful, crazy things they can think of. And then you point at them and go, look at this idiot. And you say why they're wrong in the way they're thinking. 
in the troll room, Darth Radar is uh, he he's dropped a link to Good Space Guy. He who apparently has his own Wikipedia page. See? I didn't realize that. That is but, advertising uh, has, is working. It, it is working, although uh, he says, uh, and I, 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 I don't have any facts to back this up, so I'll just use opinion as always. But uh, he says, Good Space Guy is a nut, not a businessman. <laughs> and I'm just saying those those are not necessarily mutually exclusive options. Yes. According to the Breitbart article, the bill also includes extensive measures aimed at constraining tech companies ability to covertly prioritize content, including a definition of shadow banning. Again, how are you covertly? going to do this? Right. How are you going to make sure they're not covertly prioritizing content? Because they could tell you now, you know what? It just seems. That everybody Whoa. that thinks like Republicans, man, really bad at SEO. Yeah. It's- um, I, I mean, the the uh, argument would be, well, obviously, you have to uh, add transparency, but, it, Ooh, but it's that's not the secret workable. sauce. And it well, it, yeah, you're you're asking someone to give up what they consider to be trade secrets, but they're going to argue it's trade secrets regardless. Uh, but if if you want to enforce something like this, you pretty much have to add transparency. The problem is that the way that. The way that anyone's going to implement it is they'll be like, well, we can't tell everybody. So we'll just tell uh, this one regulatory body. We'll just create a new regulator who regulates everybody in my industry. And then we'll tell them what we do, which is absolutely great because the next step is, of course, uh, strong lobbying. And now you get your friend on the board and suddenly the regulatory agency is working for you and working for the purpose of keeping your competitors down rather than trying to prevent you from doing anything bad. And that's how regulatory capture work and works. And it's why creating regulatory bodies is really infeasible. And if you really want to enforce this, what you really have to do is make it so that all moderation logs are a matter of public record so that anybody can go. Not just specific selected people. It would be nice. But without that kind of transparency, this, again, is just going to be a game of whack-a-mole where anybody can go, hey, Google's not giving my page the right ranking. You don't know. I mean, I think that's. I mean, that what you got there is a, a total argument for a, a much more open form of social network, for example, like Mastodon or, you know, where not only do you you can it, it, when people can shop around for who their admins and moderators are, which is what the, the federated decentralized system is, uh, but also, uh, you know, it. Well, uh, maybe not so much Mastodon, but when when moderation logs are made public, then uh, you can at least you can you can hold accountable the people doing the moderation um and then you know shadow banning in general might just need to go away i don't know now okay what is your guess i'm sure most people have seen this and again it wasn't even on my list of stories sadly enough because it's very tech but it was just from a comment that within allegedly the next two to three months donald trump is unveiling a brand new social media site that he will own and obviously the uh yeah i've heard this one before trust the plan the so this is coming i have no no doubt that this is coming but it's like well it's going to kind of be a yeah and trump was going to be inaugurated on march 4th too yeah but that's bullshit you know that's bullshit (laughs) so i mean that's not the same thing this is a business opportunity which for him makes perfect sense the question is a couple for me one is it going to be federated or is it going to be another one of these closed down systems i can see him maybe being smart enough to know 
that Trumper or whatever they're going to call this thing should be federated in order to allow the most people to be able to access it. Although we know the concept for a lot of these yahoos are, well, you know, if you open this up to everybody, then why should they sign up for your site? And then they're not really your user. And I, I understand the argument for having a walled garden concept that you own those people yeah, well, well, and they're may, worth maybe, more money. Maybe the idea that a, uh, a social network owns a user might be the the flaw in this. But well, you know what it, I mean. That's the, the terminology is not correct, but it's like, are they really yeah. a user of your service if they can just see it? But you don't have, you know, there's there's varying levels of how much data you have on somebody. And the data is where the money is. If depending how you're doing this. The data is always the money unless you're charging people for the service. And I don't see that coming. So I guess my first question here is uh, what you speak as though you're pretty sure this is coming. Why? Why are you at this point? Now, I might not have seen the same thing you have, but I've seen I've seen rumors. I've seen speculation. uh, I've seen, uh, you know, somebody at at a a large news blog putting out uh, their opinion piece which is pretty much every story these days saying we're pretty sure trump is going to do this but what this isn't pretty sure he's saying that it's this is happening is, is trump saying this yes okay so well that's that's more than a news blog i i hadn't learned so i guess my my first thought is is i'll, I'll believe it when i see it um i'm i'm a little bit fatigued of over after well, the events of the last four months in in just trusting that you know Trump said that after after Trump won the election, he said that he was going to be in the White House again and and somehow a coup was executed anyway. So, I, well, I don't he didn't know. have control over that. We all understand that's a different thing. Well, does he have control over social network? I don't know. Yeah. If you're building it yourself and paying for it. Yes. You could buy your own social network okay. today. Well, I guess I don't know. I don't know much of anything about this. Uh, I, I, I I'm willing to speculate wildly. Which is what, what, what that's the fun, isn't it? When it's just like, what we do. So, it, uh, so I guess what, what was the question again? It's going to be a platform now, but what is this going to look like? And that's, that's where the only question for me comes in. Cause there's no doubt he's trying this, but whether it's going to be a straight Twitter copy, I mean, we know Twitter was always his favorite social media platform. Now, for we, all I know, he's going to create an instance of Mastodon. Which is very easy to do, would be a lot yeah. cheaper than a lot of other things. It'd be you wouldn't even have to spend fifty million on a website. No, well, you could <laughs> if you really, really wanted to. Or no, what was it? Uh the, the Obama healthcare dot gov, I think like they said billion. like two two billion or yeah. so. Yeah. Multiple so, billions for that. So I mean yeah. yeah, I think he wants to uh keep it under that. But Good. we know that Gab and Parler, which both have had issues, were just copying the Twitter model. I mean, you can say anything else you want. You could argue, but that was Twitter with a different name and you called, you know, the posting different things, but it was Twitter. No. So so aside from being an avid Twitter user, I never particularly credited Donald Trump with being super tech savvy. So I don't, I I don't think I would put money on him creating something new and they're creating a brand. You know, this, I think he has people around him okay. who maybe not. I mean, again, he Donald, yeah, but unless, they, they, unless well, Donald yeah. Trump is really good. He hasn't learned outside of his family. The, the guy months. is absolute shit at hiring people, by the way, but he hasn't. But, he's not a coder. So they're going to hire somebody to do this. And yeah. uh, they want to take away. There's no question. They want to take away users from Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all of these. 
So it's going, I, I think it's going to be a battle because I do think he understands. You want to talk about influencer? I mean, he's one of the biggest influencers in the United States, in the world. There's no question. Uh, yes. Uh, well, 70, 76 million people voted. Who, yeah. uh, well, 76 million votes, probably a lot more than that tried to vote for him. And we're, yeah, anyway. <laughs> it all um, disappeared. Yeah. So I guess my wild speculation is uh, I, I don't. I, I've never seen Trump as the kind of entrepreneur who's going to go out and create something absolutely new. Twitter is what he knows, and he's going to create something that functions roughly the same way because that is it's what he knows. It's what he's gone with. And I think that that's probably what it's going to look like. And what that means is you're going to see a clone of uh, of parlor or of gab or of uh Mastodon instance or something like that. And I think that uh, a, a Trump themed something like that is going to be very successful because the, I mean, Twitter is very successful based on the model. Uh, the model works. Uh, it, what, what other options are there out there? I guess, you know, there could be a, uh, uh, an, an official Trump anointed the Donald dot win, which is effectively, I mean, it's kind of a forum. Um, forums are, are so 1997. Yeah. But, but I could see a combination of these things. With, I mean, it could just be a link aggregator. I mean, that'd be a terrible idea, but I think it is going to be a social media site. We know that w- whether that's going to take a format, I would agree that yeah, it's going to look mean, more like Twitter than anything else. Link aggregator plus comments equals social media site. That's pretty much how Reddit became a thing. And I do believe this is the first one of these. You can say whatever you want about Gab and Parler. And even all of the federated sites that are running on Mastodon and other things, the amount of users these things have compared to the big boys, the Twitters and the Instagrams and the TikToks are minimal. This, I think, is the first competitor to those other big boys that can actually take away a decent amount of market share, especially if this is put together in the correct way. With the, you know, we're not going to do what they're doing. I mean, this would also be hard. I don't know if Trump running something like this is going to be open to the crazy liberals are going to come in and start spewing what they want to do. Or are we going to see shadow banning on those people? Because this is a, you know, we don't like those people. I here. guess the question is, does he wants to be another Twitter or does he want to be better than Twitter? That that answers that question. Yes. Oh, I agree. And I'm hoping that this is actually one of the first competitors to those that says, you know, besides I mean, if, if, child if you have porn to show if you have to show the letter R on your voters registration card before you can get in, they're going to definitely cut down on the number of people interested. I wouldn't want to be on that site. No, but I think he can compete. And I do think he could compete with just overall a news organization as well, because the news organizations. Oh, now you're setting your bar pretty fucking high, aren't you? <laughs> no, that's the easiest thing to be better than <laughs> is the news. Organization. We are better than most of the news organizations out there. I know because we actually try to see things from both sides well, rather than just spewing uh, ideology of oh, one. I, I, I was going to say because we accidentally let some facts slip in between <laughs> our spewing our ideology. But but your uh, your argument might be better. Both. Well, yeah, the media, they don't want any facts. They just want to make sure that what they tell you continues moving their narrative forward and i get it because they are not what the old-fashioned news was there was a time 
in broadcast news on the radio and television where the people doing the job saw the job as bigger than themselves, bigger than their ideology, bigger than any one political party and wanted to be accurate with the stories they told that left a lot because of Ted Turner starting CNN once news turned into 24 hour a day. The problem with 24 hour a day news is how do you make it interesting? Now, usually the way, well, that, you know, I, I, I would argue that based on the limits of the human psyche, which is one of the things that technology has not yet figured out how to expand, uh, that you can't make 24 hour news interesting because no matter what it is that you do, people will ultimately start to become fatigued by it because humans have an amazing ability, no matter what it is, whatever they see day in, day out, whether that be uh, just, you know, walking to the coffee shop and saying hi every single day, then eventually that becomes normal. If, if you're seeing atrocities every single day, you're seeing bloody bodies in the street because that's what they're showing you every single day. That just becomes normal. And you're desensitized to it no matter what it is so anything you put on 24-hour news is eventually going to be not that interesting which is probably why 24-hour news has to constantly keep ratcheting up the fear porn because they gotta keep you people are just being desensitized to stuff yeah and that is the truth i believe it's interesting when you watch some of these networks and where they've started and where they've come i mean look at mtv for a very weird example which is it started out to be radio with moving images. That was it. It played music all the time and ads, of course. And then that just stopped working, which I don't know why. I think MTV pulled the plug on that a little early because that's all YouTube is to a lot of people now. Is it kind of like MTV peaked shortly before they invented reality TV? Yeah. That's, oh, did you see? Was it the, uh, the original cast of the real world or something is coming back? to do like a reunion season like like 20 whatever years later like well, i consider it a personal point of pride that i had no idea what you're talking about oh you never watched the real world the uh the show oh, that jesus when christ it first that, came that, out. that was that was that was uh, it, if i needed a better reason even back then to tune the fuck out of mtv like i was so happy when vh1 came up it's like oh god a channel that's actually playing music again like mtv was before you know they start playing the Dukes of Hazard and the yeah. uh, MTV played music when I was in high school. By the time I was in college and had cable, MTV had stopped bothering to play music. And to be fair on MTV, do they still have the making the squad of the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders? Because that has its own charm. But I don't know if that's going to continue to be uh, allowed on. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> one porn program is never enough to watch a shitty channel. If if you are. Watching any shitty show or shitty channel just because they have boobs. I just uh, contact me, Ryan at grumpyoldbenz.com. I will show you where to find porn that doesn't have the, the shitty plot or all of the dialogue or some SJW director trying to tell you what to think at the same time. You're like, welcome to the internet. They have everything you yes. don't want. And then some, um, right. Watching the, the way this stuff changes, the like Victoria's Secret, the ads that they have. And I'm still on one of their mailing lists because I think it's hard to get off. Well, of the mailing list now where it, yeah. used, to, where it used to be, depending on how she, hot she is, the uh, it used to be, well, we don't have enough minorities and the models are too skinny. So th- those are the two biggest complaints that the models were too good looking 
and there wasn't yeah. enough not, not enough of, trans models right and now they all have, these models are are natural females and we can't have that anymore i know that is so hateful and i don't understand how people aren't standing up for that but uh let's see the latest one well there is one um semi you know not well okay there's one black model who's fairly cute but then there's a white model that is uh extremely overweight the one the other day i think there were nine black models and two white it's like okay i understand you wanted to start leveling that you were not using enough women of color but going totally to a majority women of color you're changing your brand for what are this is this that's just because you could say you're woke you know what? I'm going to call this now. I'm going to call this. I, I've been thinking about this for a while. I've just come up with a name for it. I'm going to call it the Hollywood paradox. And it has to do with the insistence that in the name of diversity, that you have to create a majority of minority people. Yes, that's it. And the reason it's a paradox is because think about what I just said, a majority yes. of minorities. Yes. So then what happens to so this when the uh, because we know that the overall population of us white folk are going down. So it's once that goes down enough, we could be the majority again in media. I, you know, I, I don't remember who it was a comedian from the eighties back when they were allowed to say things like this, but uh, <laughs> it, it came up with the, the perfect solution to every single diversity and race issue is that we all just need to get fucking a lot more because once we fuck each other enough that we're all the same shade of Brown, all the race issues go away. It should. Done. I mean, and I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah it just works for me. You know, I just I mean, I won't be here by then. No, not how. But but this is, again, a case where there are brands. You know, I think there was a lingerie brand, too, at one point that was for black women that all the ads. It's like, well, wait, now, isn't that racist? Because you're not featuring any white women here. I mean, this is where the diversity thing doesn't make sense the equality thing the equity whatever you want to call it if you're going to force everybody to do the exact same thing that's socialism that is you don't have diversity anymore that's that's equity that's equality of outcome that's that's you know it's it's crazy how how little the semantic different distance is between equality of opportunity which is absolutely a prerequisite for a successful society and equality of outcome which will absolutely destroy a society right because it's it's just corrosive when you start looking at things through that lens and i know we have people of all colors that listen to grumpy old bens and we appreciate that now for anybody out there for getting something totally wrong feel free to let me know, but I get why there are programs, you know, that have black hosts that black people will listen to more than they listen to Grumpy Old Ben's. That's fine. You find something with people that you have something in common. Now, that could be anything from an ethnic background, what kind of food you like, what kind of you know interests you have. I mean, there's a whole crowd of people out there that are around Lego bricks. So, I mean, it's it could be anything. But, but- I mean, honestly, what do you have in common with the the hyper pretty Hollywood types? Not enough, I guess. I I mean, okay, they, uh, uh, you know, uh, culture, you don't speak like them. Uh, You certainly don't make the kind of money they make. Uh, 
you know, the, on a scale of, of one to 10, you know, the, the average person is say a five and a particularly hot woman in your small hometown might be a seven. And every single one of the people in Hollywood in, on a lot of the new shows is this, this is actually a complaint. I've, I've can't, I've, I've walked away from several TV shows because the actresses are too good looking. You stopped watching. Well, the well, because I know they're never going to get naked and they're never going to get with me. And so they're just teasing. And yes, that is a problem. Well, here's the problem is every there will be a show. And it's, of course, a show with, uh, you know, early 20 somethings doing something. It doesn't even matter. But every one of the women is a nine or a ten. And every one of the guys is has got the the chiseled body and the strong jawline and the same crew cut hair. And wait, you don't feature those? I have. I believe it or not, not all of my lines are as chiseled as I want them to be. <laughs> Some of them are Bézier. But um, the problem that I have, and I, I actually can't, I can't watch these shows, is because I look at them and I'm like, okay, so. Which character is that? Oh, it's the, okay, this one is a scene featuring the hyper pretty blonde and the taller of the hyper pretty brunettes. But because the only characteristic they have is that they're all hyper pretty and sure, I'd love to see them all naked, but I I can't tell the difference. There'll be three strong female leads and I honestly don't remember which one is in this scene because they're all, they all have identical hyper pretty faces and they might have slightly different. If they have different hairstyles, that might be something like it, but they all have, you know, pretty much whatever the trend style they're trying to push in, in, in various shades of color, which may or may not be different enough. And, and not a one of them can act. Well, that so, is the, right. That's the problem. <laughs> Now, if you're attractive so and can actually act, that's a plus. I, I guess what I'm saying is, is, uh, you know, I, I step outside into my small town, Washington, and I see people all over the spectrum from the, you know, the, the, the frumpy, but nice four who's out walking her dog to the, the grandma who was probably a seven back in the day, uh, to, you know, there's that one teenage girl who you, you whoa, don't want to come whoa, across whoa, as whoa, a, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, no, you don't want to come across as a creepy old man, but it's pretty obvious once she's 18, she'll be an eight. Uh, and you know, you, you get people of all types and those are what I consider real humans. And then you look at Hollywood, every freaking one of them is a nine and a 10. And you're like, these are not human. No, but that's the the thing with Victoria's Secret is they were pushing an illusion for years, but that was their brand. And when you went from the illusion of the, you know, tall, Swedish, blonde, supermodel type uh, 5'11 to just average looking women overnight, it's like, wait a minute here. Yeah, Uh, well, there's some shell shock right there. Yeah, there's too much of a change. And I wonder how and I don't really care because they made a lot of money. But I wonder how these models that were part of Victoria's Secret like two years ago, making millions a year, went, what the hell happened to uh, our, our line of work? And I'm not saying that they deserve the money, but I mean, they were bringing money in. This is the same kind of system. People are like, how is Rush Limbaugh worth 35 million a year? Well, he brought in like a billion. That's how he was worth 35 well, here, yeah, million. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you make how do you make a small fortune in podcasting? Yeah, start, start with a, start with a large one. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the way it works. But yeah, this shell shock. And it's interesting to watch because they made that change. I believe Victoria's Secret from watching this in hearing what the people running the company were saying 
the one of them was entwined with the Epstein thing in before he was pushed out. But the fact that they're making these decisions not based upon anything beyond, oh, we need to be diverse and we need to be woke. I want to know what this does to the people that you're pushing out. There's always like we go right back to what we started talking about that nobody looks at what happens to the field of grass if we get rid of all the cows. We never go that extra step and figure out what the overall repercussions of all of these changes are going to be. And I'm not saying anybody deserves to get paid, you know, millions of dollars just because they're more attractive, but you also can't stamp that out. We go back to something like OnlyFans. I'm guessing that the more attractive females are making more money. And there are some females that aren't really attractive at yep. all that have sites. And, and don't worry, only nothing. OnlyFans is, is making plans on figuring out how to introduce equity into that because that, of course, is unfair. And, and you know, it, right because why uh, should more people be paying to see this woman than this one now of course awarding money based on merit is is inequitable (laughs) and must be stomped down that we understand that right um i will offer a bit of free advice to any model who has been all the time yeah i do it it, it, in fact i should be charging for this really yes um you know we'll we'll be putting out some nfts later for the serp emeros's (laughs) advice yeah, it's 10 Bitcoin. You, is it you? Okay, oh. it has to be a photo of you in a robe holding a cat. That NFT would probably sell. I, you know, it might. It has as much chance as corn pop. <laughs> That's maybe I think more. My, if if you are a model who uh, looks too good and has been put out of uh, out of business and out of work by Victoria's Secret or somewhere else who want to who, you know, who suddenly think oh you're too pretty, then here's the easy easy way to fix that. Start taking hormones, change gender immediately. <laughs> you will get right back into work. Now, I mean, isn't that sad, though? Too pretty to be a model because you just don't fit in with everybody else. So now this whole concept that diversity is good. No, that's not what they're teaching anybody. They're teaching us that everybody should be the same, but it's not everybody's going to look like Adriana Lima. It's everybody's going to look like Adriana Lima's overweight cousin with a hunchback well, and what, what what you're missing is is that is diversity diversity is oh, when everyone is exactly the same no it's not welcome not, to the world of doublespeak that's not diversity i mean it's what they're considering i guess that you know the the outcome has to be the same so how dare somebody get paid more for a modeling gig you know just because they have all their fingers and toes that's that's just horrible and then everybody should be able to get that's, the same amount now you're being racist <laughs> fingers and toes are racist you know, you're probably not yeah. wrong. Fingers, fingers and toes are racist. You're probably not wrong. I don't know how the case would be made, but the case would certainly be made. Well, yeah, I mean, Victoria's Secret, they had the trans model. The Playboy went with a trans model. It's like, but why are you putting all these things into the same box? I mean, if diversity is good, again, I can go to the store. I mean, not during COVID. That's crazy. But I could go to the store. And buy chocolate ice cream, vanilla ice cream, strawberry ice cream. There's there's different things to choose from. And when you show up at the nope, store racist. and all you have is ice cream, that's all it is. There's no flavor. It's just ice cream. That's all you get. That's all we offer. That's diversity. That's the world. Yeah. We're moving well, welcome into. to welcome to the new world order. That's the world. I don't like that world. It, 
Well, yeah, but you know what? You're going to be longing for that world when we don't have ice cream because the only thing that anybody gets is their share of bread and potatoes. And on on Saturdays, uh, the government is magnanimous and gives you a pat of butter. You got to have the butter. The bread and potatoes are bad for you. You don't want those kind of starches. No. Well, what? How else is the government going to implement population control if not poisoning our food? They're going to sterilize you with potatoes. Yeah, they're going to sterilize you by giving you bad potatoes. I mean, we did a great segment after last show about diet. CSB loved it. And he wants us to release more shows that that's just us not doing a show. So I don't maybe we're missing out on the concept of like reading and trying to put together a plan for topics to talk about on a show and to have them be related in some way, shape or form. The reality is, I think just bullshitting to the wind maybe is a better show. I don't know. I like to do a little homework now and then. I mean, wouldn't that make us the same as every other show on every other podcast, though? I don't know. I don't know. I guess it could possibly happen, but we know what we're doing and we do have some experts to thank and we have to thank them, especially because coming into the show, it was uh, it was pretty bad. We were looking at under 10 bucks total. I mean, and I know not every show is a winner, but this one, I think, you know, a little bit more than 10 bucks. a show. I mean, I don't think we need to make thousands of dollars a show, but 10 bucks under. And those were guys that were both coming in with monthly donations. And I put it out there. I'm like, you can get right now an executive producership if you make a donation over $7. And our buddy, Srinivas Murti, came in. Srini, we appreciate you stepping up. Comes in with $25. No note. He said he was dealing with some crap at work, which I get that. I dealt with crap at work a lot. I worked retail. It wasn't fun, whether it was for Radio Shack or Circuit City or Silo, even briefly here in Chicago, which Silo was, you know, on the food chain of electronic stores. You had at the time Circuit City and Best Buy were kind of fighting it out. And Silo was still around and just barely. I mean, it was you could see the writing on the wall, but working at Circuit City, the management sucked. So I made the really bad choice to move over to Silo. I don't know if I ever told that story. I moved over to Silo because, you know, it's a lot less work when you have no customers. But the other thing. I don't think I have heard this story. The other thing is when you have no customers, one day they just show up and say, yeah, we're closing. And that was was disappointing at the. uh, Welcome to economics. But that, well, yeah, that was economics. And I was thinking about silo actually quite a bit since our last episode on Monday, because the one guy that was one of the assistant managers there, uh, he was a Pakistani and he would always be like, hey, I'm going to go out and have a fag. And we talked about the cold opener. I think that was one of the best cold openers we've had in a long that, time. That was a great cold opener. In fact, I what and nobody on in the no agenda troll room when we played yesterday after no agenda and nobody in the no agenda troll room was listening to the first 15 minutes of the show because whatever we talked about there would did not generate as much conversation in the troll room as your cold opener. <laughs> See, that's why we knew that had to be pulled out. And it's the the fallacy that any of these social media sites can censor people based upon language when you have the same language having words 
meaning vastly different things depending where you are in a country or in this case between the UK and the United States. So, I mean, I was, he was the last guy I really remember using that term because he was born in Pakistan. So it was just a word he used all the time and didn't think anything of it. So, you know, good times and working retail. This is a, as I said, for uh Strini would work and customers and people you have to deal with never fun. Being a podcaster is great, but then again, it doesn't pay that well, but nobody, I don't have and to worry about customers. All I can say is that I'm, very happy that you're the one who who decided to try to pronounce that. Yeah, I know I've tried in the past and he keeps saying he's going to record something of him actually saying his name for me. But I think there's a certain amount of people that like us to struggle when it comes to when I, th- I think we stumbled onto the the, you know, the formula that uh, John and Adam on no agenda have, have known for a long time. But of course, they're smart enough not to say it on their show, which is that if you keep mispronouncing someone's name or they'll constantly send in more money trying to correct you right like cold acid no it's char a barak from cortese yes no (laughs) okay yes when 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 cold acid is it's cortese actually no john says cortese cold acid is always cortis court ice tomato tomato it's all the same but we appreciate the 25 dollars. so that is an executive producership for Serini, and we appreciate that. Also coming in with $20, our buddy NetNet. He's an expert, as is Serini, and he has a note for us which says, go eat a bag of dicks of love. I, I, that's, I, that's some tasty burgers. <laughs> well, you, that's true. You have a little drive-in joint there. Well, we have, it's, it's not that little. There's, uh, I want to say, five or six locations in the greater Seattle area, which is dick's drive-in which is the old style drive-in they the the whole building is you know so just the kitchen surrounded by glass with the the sloped roof and and the windows that you come up to and you uh you know you don't pay 15 cents for a burger anymore it's more like you know 250 but it's still a lot cheaper than than one of the standard fast food places and you walk away and you end up with your food in a little paper bag that says dick's on the front but now do they use this in their marketing at all are they the tongue-in-cheek cheek type that are like hey come on in and grab a bag of dicks because i've not seen that message in any of their official marketing the unofficial <laughs> marketing being word you know word of mouth uh, absolutely it's it's a thing right because like white castles it's like buy them by the sack and uh i mean dicks could really get away with that put a few dicks in your sack you know or sack up some dicks i mean there would be a lot of things they could do we should get with them you can't beat Dick's meat, says uh, Net Ned, who just he sent me a little message in the troll room, which we do these shows live, noagendastream.com. And he's like, oh, my, I forgot to put Net Ned in my, in my donation. See, everybody's always worried we're going to put their real name out there on the show because nobody wants to be associated with this particular program. And I get it. People have no sense of humor today. And maybe in, the, maybe in 10 years, just listening to this show will have you in a gulag. And if so, we'll be right there with you. So you can, we can, uh, we can appreciate that. And he says, Bring hookers. He said, well, hookers and blow. Uh, Net yeah. says, seriously, thanks for the show. Keep up the grump. It's the only way we know how to do it. Net Ned. And then coming in, who would have had an executive producership at the low, low price of $6 and 33 cents, a monthly donation from Cameron White and bringing us out, playing us out, if you will. 
Sir John Fletcher of the Hog Story Fletchers with his $3.50 monthly donation. And we appreciate it because if everybody would do that, everybody listening right now, if you went over to your bank and set it up to send out a check for $3.50 every month, or you went to PayPal to do that, we would be in really good shape here on Grumpy Old Ben. And come on, aren't aren't, aren't we worth half a cup of, of poofy coffee to you? You would think, I mean, the coffee, you're just going to pee right out anyway. The stuff we give you stays in your brain. Except for the, the high fructose corn syrup from all of that, which definitely stays with you. Oh, well, yeah, you don't want high fructose corn syrup. It is. It's a weird thing. That was a big part of our diet talk after the last show was I've been off the and I haven't been fully into the keto thing because every now and then we'll order a pizza. And I mean, even though it's ultra thin crust, I'm sure it's enough carbs in that, but have overall been avoiding any sugar and as much of the carbs as I can. And you just feel better after that initial reaction of your body, kind of like, Ooh, this is something different going on. But once you kind of fight through that after a couple of days, it's like, Oh, wait a minute. And and I think that, I think that was my point on the, you know, I, we, We've had more, there were, there were more than one, but by which I mean two people who wanted our post show conversation from the last show to be released as a bonus show. Uh, and, and I think the food talk was a big part of it. Uh, my point during the food talk was, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't attach a label to the diet that I'm on, what I started doing. And this is, it's the easiest concept in the world to do. It's not always easy to, to execute, but uh, just pay attention to how you feel after you eat something. And I don't mean like right away. Cause you know, right, right away you eat a chocolate bar. You're like, Ooh, mouth orgasm because you know, chocolate, <laughs> but, but if you eat that chocolate bar, and then two hours later, you're like a little, uh, you know, upset stomach. And then two hours after that, you're really fatigued. And then two hours after that, you can't leave the toilet. Then maybe that chocolate bar wasn't the best thing for you. Uh, and, and that was that was the real trick with me. And uh, when I started paying attention to my meal, uh, oh, you know, I'm apparently lactose intolerant because when I drink a big glass of milk, then a few hours later, bad things happen. OK, so we don't drink milk when. I eat, uh, you know, when I'm at work and I eat at the baked potato bar, then my three o'clock meeting, I can't keep my eyes open. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a data point. Pay attention to what your body is telling you. Your body is telling you what's working and what's not working for you. It's just so many of us have so many signals going into our brain that we stopped paying attention to things like that. Well, yeah. And you're eating so much processed food that. When my parents were growing up, their parents made chicken, potato. You know, this was one ingredient food. You bought vegetables, you cooked them. You bought the meat, your protein, you cooked it. You bought the potato, whatever. It wasn't from a can with 8,000 chemicals in it to have a, a preservative. You didn't deal with all of these same things with, you know, the diet sodas, which have chemicals in them, which are even worse for you than sugar. And all of this stuff that we just take for granted now, because my mom's been going through the chemo. She had the colon cancer and she's over 80 years old. She's like, it seems like, you know, there's a lot of young people going through this. And it seems like cancer is just way more prevalent now. I wonder why that is. And I'm like the food. (laughs) There's no question. It's the food people are eating in this this generation. I I mean, I, I I don't know about cancer, but that certainly sounds plausible. I I think that uh, the other 
uh, quote unquote epidemic that uh, we've been suffering for more than a generation now is uh, directly attributable to our processed food is obesity. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, you know, how, how many how many people in the 70s were obese in America? And what percentage? You know, five uh, percent. And nowadays, like you walk through a local airport and you're like, they need an extra concourse for some of these people. And it's not, and it's not, it's not just a couple, right? It's 60% of them. And it's not because people are sitting around eating all the time. I can tell you from personal experience, it's not. It's no, just, but, but if you're, if, if the only thing you eat is, is, uh, you know, it, grease filled burger and fries from mcdonald's with uh you know extra high fructose corn syrup in the ketchup and then wash it all down with a a coke that's more pure sugar and high fructose corn syrup and and then you know to throw a couple carcinogens on it yeah our diets are terrible yeah it takes you right down that rabbit hole and trying to find healthy food good luck with that today if you want, like, oh, I just want a healthy snack. What can I have that I can just munch on something? I don't even care if it really tastes that good. It's just that I'm a little hungry. I want something. Almost anything you buy is bad for you. And there's nothing people can point to and be like, hey, here's the health food. It's like even the stuff that's being pushed as health food. You read the chemicals and it's like, well, do we really need the food coloring and the dyes and all this in here? But I mean, I digress. We could probably do a uh, whole yeah. episode on. Yeah. The and, and, uh, another concept. another useful piece of advice that uh, it, it it didn't work so well this last year because uh, everybody was retrained to be afraid of themselves. And I hope that this changes. But uh, in years past, we've all always uh, spent every single weekend. We'll spend an hour or two at the local farmer's market. Right. That is where you're going to be able to find some really wholesome stuff. Now, the problem is that around here, for some reason, farmer's markets are treated as as artisanal. And what that means is that the price is twice what it should be. Well, yes. Small the, the way, yeah. The, the way that you're, you're supposed to be able and, and maybe the problem is that, you know, not enough people. So you're not getting any volume, but the way a farmer's market was supposed to be the way it was back in the past was you get cheaper food direct from the farmers. Cause you cut out the middleman, but now it seems like getting food direct from the farmers makes it cost three times as much, but cost aside, you know, first of all, um, you should never let the cost of your food determine what your diet is going to be like. That is a route to an early grave. It, it is. Even if you, even if you well, have to skimp on toilet paper, I mean, we've all heard that <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe it is, but even if you have to skimp on toilet paper, go find, uh, go find an excuse to spend money on the better food. If you do, you won't need as much toilet paper. Wow. That's wise. We want to thank everybody though. Okay. For supporting Crumpy Old Ben's, John Fletcher, Cameron White, Net, Ned, Serenivus, Mertzi. And if you want to take part in this value for value model, this conversation is obviously worth some value to you because you're listening to it. Either that or you're a masochist. Either way, if you're a masochist, then this should really be worth a lot to you. Go to GrumpyOldBenz.com, click the donate button, use the QR code or the mailing address and get your value for value on. I do want to say on No Agenda Social which is a Mastodon instance. QT Puff is listening and said, Grumpy Old Ben's True Confessions. I'm still on the Victoria's Secret mailing list, which is what I said. And yeah, that's true. And I've always thought Victoria's Secret got this totally wrong because they do send out email advertisements like twice a day at minimum. So they're doing a lot of this. 
Wow. They, yeah, I'd, I'd get off that. Yeah. It, but it's it was always interesting to watch from a marketing standpoint. I know people are like, that's just like I read Playboy for the articles. But what I never understood was I was always buying stuff from Victoria's Secret before they went woke for my wife. And then they also had a lot of good stuff as far, I thought, as, you know, the body wash and the lotions and the perfumes and that. So there would be stuff I'd buy for my mom or whatever. This was an easy way to go. Everybody seemed to like the product that they had. I never understood why Victoria's Secret never asked if you were a male or a female. I know that's hateful now to try to gender somebody, but the point would be males are looking to buy gifts for their wife, significant other, whatever. You know what's even more hateful is that every time I've been in there, they've assumed my gender. Really? Nobody asked if you, they could get you into a, uh, ask, a, a tight, they just, you know, little, a they didn't ask or, and they didn't offer me to try on anything. Well, that is rude. That is rude. I would, I would probably hold a sign out in front and uh, protest their treatment of you, but I just never understood. It's like, you're missing. This was a company that really missed out on that boat of knowing who they were sending the email to. Cause a lot of them are like, Hey, you'd be lounging around this weekend in whatever. And it's like, well, no, I wouldn't be. And it would have been a very simple way to adjust their advertising from the people that are buying the product for themselves, as opposed to the people who were doing buying for somebody else. And I think they just totally missed out on that. But obviously we saw they decided to totally change their business model. And that's not working. And it's, it's kind of sad when this happens to a business. It doesn't matter what kind of business where like they're rolling along. Everything's going pretty well. I'm surprised Hooters is still around that that hasn't been canceled yet. But I'm just going to take the, the pure capitalist route on this one and say, if Victoria's Secret continues making money this way, they're doing something right. If they are, we'll see. And if they go out of business, we'll know that, that the next company shouldn't have done that. Yeah, this didn't work. I mean, I remember the guy. That was running the company like, yeah, we're not going to do the you know trans model because that's not what people want to see. And he was just blasted as being hateful. And it's like, well, that's not really hateful if it's true. There is it's, no that actually makes it more hateful. You know well, what? If it's uh, if it if it's if, true. Yeah, if it's true. And it's the, like the truth is incredibly hateful. Why do you think Facebook has to hire so many leftist fact checkers? You must make business decisions right? for your business that will kill your business because you must be woke. I get it. Yeah. Well, welcome to Coca-Cola. <laughs> Isn't it? Uh, yeah, that seems like it's a very uh, racist brand now. Woke Cola. What else you got? Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking at the time and thinking well, I'm, I'm over time and I shouldn't, but, uh, I have a VPN story. Yay. I mean, we're not even at two hours, although it depends where you find overtime to be. What is regular time on grumpy old Ben's? What is overtime? CSB, let us know. I, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I, 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 for one, usually need to pee well before two hours. And when we start going two and a half hours of city, I, uh, uh, you know, if if you hear gurgling in the microphone, now you understand. Um, now, I had never heard of the Librem One suite of, uh, of of media apps, but uh, they are from a company called Purism. Right, um, right. They, they make the phones, right? Well, uh, they 
I don't know. They, they make pure OS, which is an OS, a, a Linux based OS that is open source and is for phones. Um, but they also have a suite of apps called, uh, Librem One. Um, they are, uh, end to end encrypted mail, chat, social, and, uh, they say tunnel, but it's a VPN. Um, now their website, I didn't like all that much when I was doing their investigation because, uh, from, other comments it looks like what they're really doing is just uh distributing open source apps and not writing them like they seem to lead people to believe on their website but it looks like they're just distributing tusky canine mail matrix and open vpn which is fine because they're providing services around it they are also they have a a free tier of their services and then they also have a setup where you can pay uh, a monthly or yearly fee in order to get higher tiers of services and they i mean they've got a business model here i'm I'm cool with with companies wanting to make money they're certainly allowed to do that that's the capitalist thing to do um they uh they advertise uh yeah i mean it's a premium model they advertise uh and here's their big selling point no ads no tracking we respect you we do no logging uh in particular in the vpn section they say we do not log anything about the vpn uh i mean it it sounds like a pretty cool set of services um the thing that uh that put them in the news recently is that they have announced that their suite will no longer be available on iOS. Would you like to guess why that is? Well, Apple has made some changes with the advertising. Now that can't be though, because they're not advertising, right? Uh, no, no, this is a, this is a thing that Apple has done for a while. Uh, and it has to do with uh, Apple. Well, it, it has to do with the, the complaint about the app store that we've had for quite a while, which is uh, Apple will not allow anybody to put an alternate app store on there. And Apple takes a required VIG from everything on there. Now, um, uh, Purism was releasing all of these apps as free, but somewhere along the line, Apple noticed uh, the VPN app and, uh, said, well, most VPNs are paid. And then Apple, someone at Apple started investigating and discovered that they have a freemium model. So the requirement was, um, uh, pure, uh, purism was trying to update their app uh, for what it, you know, send out an update and Apple would not approve the update because they said, we require that you put in uh, a subscribe capability into your app so that you can subscribe to your premium service from the app. Right. Cause they and, want their, yeah, they want their percentage. Yeah, exactly. Because once that happens, they can take their 30% VIG. Uh, the, the Librem one suite, um, really doesn't charge very much. It's like $10 a year, uh, for their, their second tier, 15, something like that. So, um, they're not making much money here and having to give up 30% of that is definitely going to cut into that. And they didn't really want that. So the thing that, that brought this to my attention was, uh, purism put out a blog post that said, Apple will not update this. And, uh, we believe that this is coercion and we don't approve of this. And therefore we will not be offering our VPN product on iOS anymore. Seems fair. Now, they do make hardware purism. Carolyn Blaney is reminding everybody in the troll room when she was on Grumpy Old Ben's, it was the one product that she brought and said, hey, I want your guys' opinion on this product. It was the purism Librem 5 phone. 
And I mean, oh, cold acid just said, obviously, you don't. Oh, I do remember this. I did not. I did not remember it was from VPN. I don't even listen to you. (laughs) That's true. I'm talking over you right now. Purism has the phone. Now, they it's pre-order, but they also have a cellular plan they're trying to sell. And I don't know how this goes because it's the uh, Librem Awesome. Yeah, that's cute. (laughs) A-W-E-S-I-M. That's a cellular plan that works with the phone. See, now that's it says the Purism cellular plan that works with the Librem 5. So you're selling the phone. Would you sell a cellular plan that didn't work with your phone? It's like the plan that works with your phone. Well, yeah, but I don't understand. But unlimited talk, text and data, $99 a month. Way too expensive way too yeah. expensive. Yeah, oh, I do I do remember this product. I did not remember that it was purism. Yeah. Uh and you know, if if I ever bothered to do real research, I would have all of this information in front of me. You would have but looked. of course, you know, that's effort. They also and, make a laptop. And, and why bother researching information like this when we've got trolls in the troll room who can live correct me? That's what they're there for. A laptop which is also pre-order and a Libra Mini, which is the one thing they have to buy now. So they have a small little desktop machine. Up to 64 gig of RAM, quad core i7, 4K video output, which isn't hard to do. And then they have their bundle. I have to say, the the Mac Mini with the M1 chip in it, it's, it's really hard for me not to buy one of those at 700 bucks, as evil as Apple well, is. After this story and after deciding to take a stand saying, uh, we're not going to, uh, I, you know, we're, we're willing to give up all of our iOS users in order to take a stand because this is wrong. And I, I respect that a lot. And I have a lot more interest in uh, checking out these people's products. So if, if this was just a marketing stunt, then I approve of it. And yeah. it seems to be working. It may be. And now I kind of want to check out the hardware. Um, all I can say is uh, I, I, I simply brought this because it's it's yet another example of uh, the tide is turning against Apple's App Store policies. People are no longer laying down and, and doing it. You know, the the epic lawsuit, which hasn't had much uh, change in it. Um, I'm, I'm sort of trying to follow it. But the idea of the walled garden is is something that especially now that we're, you know, the uh, public opinion is turning against the walled garden social media based on their censorship problems. And Apple also does that. And there's still not a lot of attention being paid to the fact that, uh, iOS is, is, uh, well on, on Android, I can go install an alternate app store if I want, which I have on iOS. There is no option to do that unless you jailbreak. And, that means that when Apple censors something, it's just gone for all iOS users. Um, I, I I feel like tide is turning and I feel like the, what what you're going to see is, is public sentiment. You know, you know, Apple lost their, their shield against all criticism when Steve jobs left. And I think that public sentiment is not going to go their way on this app store thing. If they keep holding the line like this. Well, I think you're right. Because I think most people's also look at this and say, asking for a third of what people are bringing in is insane. I think it's true when it's the idiots delivering pizza. And I think it's the same here. If somebody develops an app, which is on your platform, I understand the platform should get a VIG. There should be a percentage you're in their Play Store, whatever it is. But yeah, there's there's a limit on what is fair 33% and forcing people to do that 
No. And I do think that this will not have a big effect because I don't know how much people are actually using this software. I wasn't even aware that it was available on iOS in the first place. Yeah, nor, nor was I. They sell it on, you know, they're like they're selling their product. They're selling their cell phone, which is Android based. They sell a laptop, which is Linux based. And I'm assuming the mini is also Linux based. So they're not really in the Apple ecosystem, but I can see where this maybe was a way for well, them now, to now get. Now they're not at all in the Apple ecosystem. But it's like, I don't think that's hurting them because I don't really think they were making any money there. This is, again, a company that's making money like Apple, although Apple's now making a lot of money in the software. Originally, Apple was the one we're making money in the hardware so we don't have to worry about sell, like, for instance, charging for our operating system where those evil people at Microsoft have to because they're not the ones selling you the hardware. It's a little bit of a different business model. I, too, just installed last night on my phone the F-Droid open source Play Store, and it's not listed in the Google Play Store anymore, if it ever was. I had to go to the site for... Oh, it's not? No. Because when I installed it, I installed it from the Play Store, and then I uninstalled the Play Store. That makes sense. Maybe which is why the Play Store realized that and then took it out. But I just went to their I was on their website because I looked it up on my uh, tablet, which is an Apple tablet. But then I took a shot of the QR code from my Android phone and it took me right to the page, installed the App Store and it works as it should. So, I mean, it's important to know that there are alternative ways to get apps on your Android phone. Not so much with the iOS. And whether this kind of stuff will have an effect on that. This has been something that people that create software have been fighting with Apple now, almost since the birth of the iPhone. This is, I don't know if it's going to really ever totally change until the the only way that this, the only way this changes is if people stop buying Apple hardware and, and Apple makes good hardware. So Uh, that I mean, that's where that's what you get when you decide to go out, you get hardware that you particularly like. And what you're going to end up with is a very, very locked in experience. And if you want a locked in experience or you don't care, then you're going to be perfectly happy with Apple and go enjoy. Uh, however, there are it, it, Apple does not play nice with a lot of other developers and a lot of people are starting to get really sick of their shit in the development space. And at some point, uh, the, the effect is going to be the number of non Apple apps in the app store is going to go down and there won't be any way to get them on your device. And like I said, if you're perfectly Apple happy using nothing but Apple stuff, more power to you. Me personally, I'm, I'm a hacker. I really like the ability to tweak things. I like the, the ability to have a lot of settings. I, uh, absolutely detest the, the, this is the user experience we're going to give you. And this is what you get period model. And so I don't use Apple products for that reason. And, um, I'm, I'm perfectly happy not being it. And I, it seems pretty obvious that at least for the moment, there's space for both models to exist and I'm fine with there continuing to be space for both models. But at the same time, uh, when people whine, Oh, well, how come that's not available on iOS? Well, the reason it's not available on iOS is because iOS was developed by a shitty company who doesn't like <laughs> to play with third party developers. Yeah. But that hardware seeing the reviews on the M one Mac mini with people doing video rendering and the thing is dead silent i mean literally dead silent can't hear it doesn't make a peep i miss those days where you could record 
and not do work without having to have a computer fan constantly in the room humming along, screwing up recordings and making all sorts of, uh, you know, noises that you don't want. So it's it's an interesting thing because this new M1 chip seems to be really good. And it's one of the only Apple products I've ever seen, which didn't seem to have an Apple tax because a Mac mini was, you know, if you want to actually put uh, 16 gig of RAM into it is like 899 bucks, which is normally Apple for something that's doing what these things are doing would be about twice the price. And I don't know what they're doing with memory management, but people are doing reviews, talking about having multiple apps open and doing video rendering and Photoshop and that with the eight gig of RAM version and not having any problems. So they're they're doing something right because Windows machines need a lot more RAM. But uh, these things are interesting just for the fact that they're dead silent. It would be nice to have an office that could be dead silent. Although I would I would have to I've noticed the loudest things are the external hard drives from no, Seagate. No, the loudest thing in your office is talking to the microphone right now. Well, yeah, the, but that I can be quiet every now and then. I have to be doing a I show. I don't with you. believe you. I, nobody does. That is uh, that is the problem. I, I like to I like to bloviate. I mean, not as much as Sir so, Gene, who's in the troll room, but I like to bloviate. You you mentioned F droid a minute ago, and uh, it, when when compared directly to the Play Store, I very much recommend them. It is uh, the the catalog for F droid is actually pretty impressive now and still growing by the day, which means that it is a very viable alternative to getting things from the Play Store and significantly reduces your Google tracking. So I support F droid in that context as, as an alternative to get away from Google. But I, I wanted have, to read you. Yeah, I do have one I question to, about F-Droid, though, if I can ask that. Yes. Who is vetting that the stuff posted there isn't filled with malware? Um, People. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know if that makes I, me I, feel better. I mean, I understand. I don't this. have any names, but I want to read you something. This actually came from July of 2019. Now, we were podcasting at the time, and I believe that I even had a brief rant about uh, a, a significant event that happened in the Fediverse at, during that time, which was the Tusky app. And that was when Tusky introduced their, you know, Gab was talking about joining the Fediverse and Tusky introduced a feature to specifically ban people you know, to rickroll people who tried to use Gab from their app. And um, F droid released this blog post um, that, uh, says uh, uh, to to recap the situation, a website joined the Fediverse only a half a month ago that is well known to be a free speech zone, meaning it claims to tolerate all opinions. Well, in theory, this might seem to be a good concept. It has serious consequences, things like racism, sexism, verbal abuse, violent nationalist propaganda, discrimination against gender and sexual minorities, anti-Semitism, and a lot more things become popular on such instances. Um. And then uh, later on in the article, they uh, say F-Droid won't tolerate oppression or harassment against marginalized groups because of this. It won't package nor distribute apps that promote any of these things. This includes that it won't distribute an app that promotes the usage of previously mentioned website. They, oh, yeah. During this whole blog post, they won't mention Gab. Um, Wait, so F-Droid yeah. was against Gab, too. F-Droid is against Gab. Now, F-Droid has not taken any steps to censor. Um, but what they didn't do was, uh, when, when Tusky started all their bullshit, um, there was a fork came out. I don't know if that particular fork was Husky or was another one, but the fork that came out after I chose not to list 
at the time. And so, uh, Afteroid still doesn't list, uh, the forks of Tusky. And this blog post is, is not exactly a mission statement. And it certainly is not, uh, in indicative of, you know, they, they have generally been really good about presenting open source alternatives to things. And in, in the interest of, of not being screwed over by big corporation, Afteroid is definitely on the side of, of the small developer and open source. And I appreciate that, but reading stuff like this tells me that they're not the answer. (laughs) They, they might not be the end state. No. Yeah. That's uh, I don't understand these stuff. So like, like I said, it is, it, if, if you are on play store right now, you owe it to yourself to get off of the play store. And F droid makes that incredibly easy because they have a very good library that has a lot, almost all of the alternative. If you need a very, very specific app because your one social network that you have to be on requires that, you know, this it's only in the play store. Well, I or, use Tusky. Or for I some mean, reason, it's getting hard to find now because that's gone from the play store. Yeah, it's gone now. <laughs> it's still on F droid, but, uh, it, you know, or, or, you know, if you absolutely have to use the app for your bank and by the way, hint, you, you probably don't need to download your bank's app for most things. Cause they have a website and a lot of them even have branches you can walk into. Really? That's yeah. going away. Uh, they might ask you to wear a diaper though. Well, yeah, but, but the banks, those are the other ones that are being targeted by this concept of a digital currency for your but money. F-Droid- Afteroid probably doesn't have your bank's app. It probably doesn't have the app for that one social media site you absolutely are addicted to. So in that case, well, I can't help you. But if you are just looking for uh, a browser, an email client, a VPN, uh, maybe a firewall, uh, a couple of stupid little games. Don't use any free VPNs. No. Um, Afteroid is a pretty damn good alternative and it gets you away from google it's a great first step is it the last step no i don't think so and i'm currently out there looking for alternatives because reading stuff like this really kind of freaks me out well yeah but, well, the solution is is echoing the same problem that the other people have yeah that's not good yeah yes. yeah yeah Tusk, Tusky goes out and decides that they want to cancel things based on political reasons and said that's fine and then Google goes and cancels Tusky based on political reasons and they're like no foul yeah so, well <laughs> you can't please all these you can't please any of these people that's the that's the case and an answer of what is too long of a show anything over 40 minutes CSB says I and, believe that and he assures me that the M1 macbook or the mac mini would be awesome with 16 gig of ram i believe him he's using it a silent computer that's that would be nice so i can hear myself yell and scream and bloviate it's a dream anyway but i think that's about all for this exciting episode i mean we will be back it sounds like a threat on monday it is a threat it is a threat it's a threat that we plan on following through with we like want to thank everybody yes especially everybody that's in the troll room right now at noagendastream.com. We do these shows live Monday and Friday at noon Eastern, and that's where you want to go. And if you want to show some value, value for value, baby, grumpyoldbens.com is the place you want to go. And you too can be an expert or like Walkman of Buckeye. You can be a guru. Be like Jay Finley. Oh, I, I do have one announcement for people who pay attention or care about these sort of things. Uh, I just remembered and probably should, uh, confirm or at least, uh, get with, uh, 
I am going to be on Sir Seat Sitter's show this Wednesday. Ooh, you are brave. I know. Did you need your list well, of you, porn actresses or? Uh, no, I was I was going to bring a list of porn actors and see if he notices the difference. <laughs> he may. It depends at what point of the show it is. <laughs> and I may just have to hit up uh, Sir Seat Sitter to get, get an invite to uh, to come in and troll. <laughs> to the show on this Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, to, to get in and uh, troll along. That's what I did. Just during a show once when Nick the Rat was on and uh, Tom Starkweather and then Grimerica was eventually on because it was the next show he was doing, but it ran into yeah. the previous show he was doing. But I it, would believe he would do that. Yeah, this was the only podcast and, ever that while listening live, I'm like, hey, send me a link. And and I, I, I know I've got a lot to live up to, but I hope I can be almost as entertaining as the anal sex show that they recently did. You can only hope. I've been on a couple of times in the. Chris knows what he's doing. And that's that's my that's my tagline. Sir Primrose, almost as interesting as anal sex. Yeah, not not quite, though. You're, you just have to keep working it. If you want to get to that level, I think. And uh, yeah, we should probably edit that right out. of the I, podcast. It should probably just eject from this conversation. <laughs> we need the button. CSB, can you build us an eject button? I, I, although I need to be able to press it from here as well, which would send Bemrose's Barca lounger. Just shooting him up into the ceiling. Yes, work on that. That would be awesome. I'll, I'll make the hardware happen. I just need the software. With that said, we will be back on Monday for another fun and exciting episode of Grumpy Old Ben's. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where, uh, you know, that's all I got, really. And from America's left coast, where we can't even keep our intros under 40 minutes. I'm Ryan Bemrose. That's true. Oh wait, today's Monday. Yeah, we'll be back Friday. That's that's what I meant. You'll you'll fix it in post. Yeah, we'll fix everything in post. It works.